Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Check. Okay, ready? Yeah. I thought it was way more complicated than I thought it was, but it's really simple. Now you're going to be angry at me when you hear how simple it is. I now know why you podcast. <laughs> I'm not angry. I'm thrilled. <laughs> Come with me if you want to podcast. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's, that's what I thought you were going to do. Podcast la vista, baby. Hasta la podcast, baby. Mm. Uh, that was almost the title for this miniseries. Hasta la podcast, baby? Or I podcast thought we, I think la vista? we're talking about Podsta like, la vista. Podsta la vista. <laughs> that was a close contender was Podsta <laughs> la vista cast. Oh, God. We were like five minutes before starting an episode, just like, oh, what the fuck are we going to call it? And just started yelling lines at each other. Did Planet Hollywood ever have a dish called Pasta La Vista? <laughs> <laughs> they might have. They probably <laughs> I'm gonna did, look it up. Right? Hey, everybody. My name's Griffin. I'm David Sims. This is a podcast called Blank Check with Griffin and David. Yes. You don't have to explain who the Griffin and David are because we just did that. Those are our names. Uh, we go through directors who have early success. There's a food truck called Pasta La Vista, baby. With no affiliation to Arnold, to the governor, Specializing in traditional and authentic Italian cuisine, from salads to sandwiches, and of course, pasta, baby! That's what the website says. Uh, I was doing a very formal introduction, if you don't Yeah, mind. blank checks, and they bounce, <clears throat> uh, yeah, Jim Cameron. Well, you skipped a couple <laughs> steps there. People won't understand, that won't track. Yeah, definitely. Early success, get blank checks to make crazy movies. Sure. Uh, we do miniseries, different directors. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're currently on our James Cameron May series, which is not titled Pods de la Vise cast. No, it's got a great title that everyone loves. Podinator colon judgment cast. You can't even get through it without laughing. Because I'm having a fun time. I'm going, hoo Exactly. What a fun time. Uh, one of my good friends, Alex Perlin, uh, I uh, made a joke that he still to this day says is the funniest thing I will ever say. Sure. Uh, I'll be the judge of that. Get ready to laugh. Uh, we were walking by Planet Hollywood in Times Square, and they had a, a Freddy versus Jason promotion. Sure. And he was like, "What? What? What is a Freddy versus Jason promotion?" Jason. What is a Freddy versus? I have to nail this joke. Yeah, go ahead. What is a Freddy versus Jason promotion entail? And I went, "I don't know. Spaghetti versus lobster." <laughs> what on earth is happening? <laughs> Spaghetti versus. It's one God. of those antagonistic entrees <laughs> when a battle is waged on your plate. Whoever wins, you're full. <laughs> All right, that was funny. Thank you. I like that. Uh, today, oh boy. today we're talking about the the Pod Stolovice cast itself. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the titular, the titular, the film yes. of our miniseries, yes. Terminator Two: Judgment Day. This yeah. is the big day. This is always the the lunar eclipse of our podcast is when we get to the, the titular film. And, uh, oh boy, whoa, Nelly. Whoa, Nelly. I mean, you know, in anyone else's career, this would be the biggest film they had ever made. Mm. I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, 100%. It's still one of the biggest films ever made. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but dude just kept on topping himself off. Uh, we have a very special guest uh, here to talk with us about the movie. Yes, we do. Uh, he's one of my oldest friends, mm-hmm. one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is an improviser, comedian. 
of uh, many sorts mm-hmm. all around New York City. Uh, performs regularly with the team Metal Boy at the Magnet Theater. At the Magnet Theater. That's that's sort of the big the big house. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Metal Boy. Metal Boy. And this movie's about a metal man. It's true. Well, Two metal men. Yep. 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 All right. Not, not, Carry on. Now you know why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> now now you know why we cry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but here's the biggest credit. And I don't want to bury this, okay? Oh, okay. He is part of the original four-person consortium mm. that created oh, it's true. the parameters yep. and the rules yep. for comedy points. Yeah, the founding fathers. The founding would, fathers. You know, since I've been listening to the podcast yeah. and hearing you guys talk about comedy points, I've tried to remember its inception. Okay, so we're going to get into this. I'm going to introduce you, and then we're going to get into okay, this yeah, because yeah, this yeah. is very important. <laughs> okay. So he's part of the original Mount Points more. Yeah. Myself. Patrick May, Alejandro Collini, mm-hmm. and our very special guest today, Sam Rogal. Hey, great. thank you for having me. Thank Hi, you Sam. so much for being here. Very excited. This yep. is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, it's a good it's one. great picture. Yeah. It's one of the best talkies we've ever gotten. Absolutely. <laughs> now, I don't remember the exact moment. We we did an annual trip every year mm-hmm. to visit friends of ours in Toronto that we yeah. called Man Party. Mm-hmm. Do you still do that, or do you not anymore? It's been hard. Schedules have been yeah. tough. It's in development I remember Griffin hell. tweeting <laughs> yeah. from a man party recently-ish, like a couple years ago. We didn't ago. do one yet. this year. No, I think it was, 15 was, was the while. last one. And it man seemed like 15. a disaster. Well, it always is. I mean, that's yeah. kind of the okay. bit of man party is that we tweet about like getting ready for it yeah. as if it's going to be this like huge fucking like Coachella kind of awesome uh-huh. like kind of loving kind of thing. And then it's always just within like 12 hours of us landing, us tweeting about being miserable. Right. I would say it's like a blank check film. A hundred percent. Where there's like a yeah, lot of a money lot of goes prep. in. Yes, yes. yes. A, a lot, lot of money. They got of hype. They get yeah. more expensive every year. It's true. It's it, We always did talk about it as a franchise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and trying to branch yeah. out because we did we did a couple spin. I mean, we did Man America. Mm-hmm. There was Manifornia, yeah, which, which was I weren't. was not part of. It was of. just me and Ali. Right, but it was kind of like the Kardashian mothership, which then has like Chloe and Courtney right. Go yeah. West or whatever those guys. Yeah. This is all great, but let's never right. speak of it okay. again. So let's great. talk about the important thing here, which is comedy. <laughs> <laughs> For fuck's sake. Okay, so in one of the rides up, somehow <laughs> that came up. I think all I remember. Yeah. All I can take credit for is I was definitely the one who came up with the rules. Yeah, the, well, and the, here's the thing, because we Isn't play- the rule basically like you can't, you can't keep track? There are more, because okay. we play pretty fast and loose here. Yeah, you guys don't play by the rules. On the show, but we, Sam, Sam is a very organized person. <laughs> yeah. Sam believes in structure. He's the James Cameron of Man Party. Mm. Sure. And, and he established the rules. It, it was like, because it, it's four comedians in like a 12-hour car ride, and a lot of fucking jokes are happening. Everyone's trying to one-up each other. And it sort of got to this point where it was like, rather than laughing, because we might not have the energy to laugh or we're hungover, yeah. or whatever the fuck it is, you can hand someone a comedy point. Yeah, I get that. It's and like that, a fave. Right. And then the rules were established that you could you could give between one and three comedy points. Yeah. Is yeah, that correct? Yeah. But Pat May, the fourth member of Mount Pointsmore, was the only one who could give more than three. He could give five. Yeah. Since then, I mean, the rules have gone out the window. Now it's fine. anyone can get anything. But then yeah. the other key rule was, of course, you cannot can't, keep track. Can't, can't, if you right. know that how many comedy points you have. That seems very crucial. Right? right. Yeah. yeah. Right. The whole thing falls apart. Yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah. You, now, later we got into the point of being able to tax people comedy points for a bad bit, but yes. that was always very hotly contested. Yeah, because then where are they going? Right. That's what taxing is, is you're collecting it somewhere. Right, right. but then it became like you couldn't, you couldn't subtract comedy points, but you could give someone negative comedy points. It was something like that. So did you know that on cable television he was given comedy points? I heard of, news you of told me about this, and it made news. me so happy. And it was my 
fault. I didn't yeah. even know that yeah. I was, you know, it's interfering like, in Mount Pointsmore or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. It was he, a, it was incredible. We he finally, gave you too many though. How many he did he give you? Oh, he gave you five. I think he gave me five and he's not five. I thought I told I think I told him to give you ten, but I may have just I'm gonna oh, check. Oh, maybe he gave me ten. I'm gonna check my DMs okay. right now. Uh yeah, slide into those DMs. I'm gonna slide into the yeah. DMs with Andy Lee. Uh the other I mean there was always also this gray area about whether I said ten. If he gave you okay. less, then he was really he was really fucking. Then you didn't do. A I didn't joke. deserve more, honestly. Yeah. Uh, there was also the thing with comedy points about whether you could you could dap someone some points, because the thing was always uh, okay. a comedy point would happen with a handshake. I mean, we made rules and they were all meant to be broken. Right. But it was always the handshake was the transfer of the comedy points, and then the dapping was sort of equivalent to a credit card. Yeah. If you didn't want to reach out the hand, you could dap someone some points. You know. For later. I really, I just pray to God that we we don't speak of this anymore. <laughs> I just, I just pray, pray uh, to Almighty God. I have a question. Who's this? Oh my God! Hey, wait, wait a second. Hold on. It's, it's Ben. Hi. <laughs> it's Ben. Hi. Yeah. Ben Hosley. Yeah. Hey. Producer Ben. That's right. The it's... Ben Deucer. Yeah. Mr. Well, Hositive. I... Yeah. The poet laureate. I will. I was gonna. The fuckmaster. I just birthday I... Benny. I could I. The tiebreaker. Yeah. You're not Professor Crispy, right? White hot Benny. No, no. I'm you not. are white hot Benny though. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. That's a, yeah, sure. That's Wait a, a new one. And how do we say hi to you? Well, we greet you with what a hello fennel. would be fennel. a salutation? Yeah. A, a hearty hello fennel. Are you our finest film critic? You guys seem to think so. I mean, sure. No, I've heard a rumor. Yeah. I need to run this by you if you can confirm or deny that you have graduated to certain titles as a result of different miniseries. Okay, yeah. I, I can do that. That is true. Mm -hmm. No, oh, yeah. It's okay, true so and me, I can do it. Let me run a couple by you and see you. if they're real. Okay. Producer Ben Canove? Oh, yes, Christ. that's because that's a based around we did a oh, Star no. Wars. Kylo Ben, don't drag this out, right? And that's the new Star Wars. <laughs> ben Night Shyamalan. Yeah, because we did something about M Night Shyamalan. Ben say, uh, right? And that's the Wachowski series, right? Benny Lane or Save Anything? I, you know, we should settle this. Benny Lane is out. Save Anything. Yeah, say Benny say anything. anything. Wait, it's happening. I think let's, let's do it. Breaking news. Breaking news. Yeah, let's oh, just do it. Shit. Yeah. You know what? We, we ignored the fans before. We could do it again. We can't acknowledge this on the Abyss podcast, which we are going to record tomorrow. Okay, good. We can't do it. <laughs> okay. Okay. I will. The surprise is for this podcast. So when you listen to this podcast, then go back and listen to the Abyss episode and, and be blown away by the quality of our oh, performances. God, what crisp acting! Because we're going to act. Hey. Mm -hmm. You sound like you're fishing to be Professor Crispy <laughs> with a line like that. Uh, say anything. Hey, what? So Ben Hosley. Yeah, he's here. Hello. I guess we need to think of a Cameron name for him soon. I already forgot the yeah, point. You had I was a question. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> what was your question? Uh, how do you feel about Chris Hardwick? Sort of points. Yeah, moving we in into that. that. Real we were a hundred percent before that. hundred percent. I'm not gonna say he stole it from us, right. Because I have no evidence of that, and it's almost impossible that that is true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but we did come up with this concept before. Well, him. but you didn't come up with the concept of points, like no, the, just the saying more. he's not giving comedy points, which he's I giving hate. points, and but he's giving points for comedy. Right, sure, that's the whatever. gray area. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not a gray area. It's very different. It's very different. I just think that specificity is right. the key of here's all great comedy. I'm, here's what I'm mad about. Okay. <laughs> the nightly show with Larry Wilmore was canceled, which yes. was bullshit. Sad. I was a big yeah. fan of that show. They did not keep it 100. <laughs> comedy Central did Two not comedy keep it 100. <laughs> but that means for a while, Comedy Central moved at midnight to the 1130 slot. Yeah. yeah. What? That. Why call at it? At midnight. Why call it at midnight? It's why, in the name. Yeah. Why yeah. shackle yourself to that? I yeah. know. That was actually a weird choice. Really dumb. Yeah. yeah. Well, I they should have just called it at night. There was that thing before. Huh? Yes. Shorter. Yes. yes. 
when Colbert left Remedy. before the nightly show happened, they were talking about moving it to 1130, and they were like, but we can't do that. It's at midnight. All, yeah. <laughs> also, the fact that it was called the nightly show was weird. I mean, it was going to be yeah. called the Minority Report, and then they just were going to get sued by they got Fox scared. or whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, but- I don't like that there's a daily show immediately followed by a nightly show that yeah. feels weird. If it was 11.30 a.m. and then noon, yeah. maybe you could convince me. Some other time, some other forum, we're going to have to discuss in length, like, there there will be an epic tome written someday about mm. how badly uh, Comedy Central managed replacing The Daily Show. Yeah, that's true. They There'll let, be like a, yeah. a Bill Carter-esque, yeah. you know, late shift-esque oh, book. I but, love that movie. Yeah, Great. Hey, Treat Williams, we talked about him yeah. uh, a couple weeks ago. Oh, you haven't probably listened to You told me where you're at in the yeah. pod. I'm not saying anything. I don't okay. think you got to our discussion of Treat Williams' performance of Michael Ovitz <laughs> yeah. in the movie The Late Shift. It's yeah. great. I, do you think uh, they should do the second book and have someone play Conan? Like, who would play Conan? Well, the joke's Tilda Swinton. The real answer <laughs> is yeah. probably, height's important. Uh, Vince Vaughn? Oh, no. Come on. Too fast. I'm trying to think Vince of guys. Twice the I'm mass trying to think of, of guys Conan. who are over six feet tall. That, and then, okay. And you look. could trick that a little. You know who's Ooh, over six feet I got feet. a good answer. Okay. Zach Woods. Oh, oh he might be good. He might be good. good. Right? Yeah. Zach I mean, Woods. you got to get yeah. the coloring, you know, yeah. the hair, but yeah. like, he's got the paleness. And, and no, I think he, he's got a similar energy and lankiness. He could be really good. Just put a green skull cap on him and digitize that hair. You know who else is over six feet tall? Yes. You know who else is over six feet tall? Pierce Serfano? Uh, true. Yes. Uh, congratulations on the ticket. Oh, I think up. I know. Uh, that's great news. Oh, by the way, I Griffin. know where this is going. I know where this is going. Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. the yeah. star of Terminator yeah. Two, Judgment Day. Great. Can I tell you where I thought this was going? Where did you think it was? Going? David Elson. I am <laughs> over six feet tall. This is true. Uh, in fact, Arnold Schwarzenegger's height. Who wants to hazard a guess? Mm. I think he's only like 6'2". Yeah, I think he's, I, I don't think he's super tall, 6'1". Bingo, 6'2". Hey. He's listed at 6'2". I am 6'3". I am taller than Arnold Schwarzenegger. You could beat him in a fight. Dwayne Johnson, 6'4", which is, for mm. some reason, comes up when I Google his height. Uh, also told me Dwayne Johnson. I'd say he's the modern re- replacement. Yeah. He is, but it's not. It's very different. It's, it's different. It's a sign but... of how culture has changed. Yeah, you but know? he is, he's he's a big star. filling that yeah. slot that Schwarzenegger used to fill. Yeah, he is. Yeah. And I feel like, when 2000-ish rolled around, people started asking that question, like, who's the next Arnie? And the answer was like, well, there's not really going to be a next Arnie. Yeah. You know, but there's going to be people like him. Arnie yeah, like- was a time and a place thing. And I think you look at, like, how much more, like, Dwayne Johnson has to do yeah. to equal the sort of cultural impact of yeah. Schwarzenegger, where it was like, Schwarzenegger would have a movie, like, every other year, and it was a fucking Let's, event. In fact, in fact, Run I'm going to talk to yeah. you about, so we, we, we talked Schwarzenegger to- Schwarzenegger never would have done Ballers. Is the big point. Probably not. You know? Yeah. Well, it's weird that he does ballers. It's even really in, even weird that he does ballers. Day and age of, you know, TV everywhere and yeah. people doing all kinds of shit. Yeah. It's odd that he does ballers. Yeah. Which is a creepy show. Really creepy. Well, it's like Entourage, yeah. but football, right? I've but never it's seen like an episode. Toxic masculinity, yeah. like yeah. in defined. Mm-hmm. At least in Entourage, they were making fun of. Uh, well, Entourage is pretty indefensible. It's but. like HBO had a had a meeting with their executives and went like, "Could we come up with a version of Entourage that Griffin would like even less?" And they were like, "Sports, yeah, yeah it's very sports. True. That's Great. the only thing we had him on board yeah. with." Yeah, this men's okay. rights thing is really taken off. <laughs> what do you think, guys? It's great. This is great. 
I'm so glad we had Rachel on the Terminator episode to slap us down once in a while. All right. We got some good slapping going on. Okay. Okay. So I'm just going to give you, we talked about the Terminator on this podcast, Mm -hmm. on this pod. You might I did. It. I did skip ahead and listen to that episode. Oh, fair enough. Just to get some context, yeah. and you rewatched the. And Terminator. I rewatched yeah. one and two in oh, preparation for this. Fair call. Okay, yeah. so did you like Terminator One? Good movie. I like Terminator yeah, One. I movie. think that it is. Uh, Griffin and I were talking a little bit before. It's very much a product of the '80s, sure. and it feels like an '80s sci-fi horror. It feels like a very it good does. one. It does. Yeah, it does. But it feels yeah. a little. Yeah, and it feels small. Yeah, like when you watch feels T- small. T two is. Huge. It's very yeah. big. It feels fucking big. And here's the thing: even and when I like it, I was, I was waiting, ben for, I was waiting for Ben. Like, said, well, my other ben. question is: Are you guys doing T two three D the ride? No, we can't. we can't watch it. Yeah, it's I like, like. There's like yeah. versions on YouTube, but they are completely inscrutable. Because I just like, want to tell Ben. I don't know, uh, Ben. Have you ever seen T two three D the ride? Voyage across time. No. It features A battle across time. It's oh, fine. it features yeah. the T one million, yeah, which is stupid. Which is a huge. That's a lot of numbers. <laughs> it's stupid. It's fucking stupid. Well, Robert Patrick plays the T one thousand. Yeah, nice. uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Nice. That's the T one hundred one. No, right. He's the eight hundred. Eight hundred. The not to get too nerdy. Terminator. Weird, the, the first Terminator one, version is the T one hundred. That's the one hundred. Right. I believe it's one hundred one. Okay, one hundred one. I can't yeah. remember. For and then I can look that in up now. two, he's the T eight. He's a slightly better version, which Got I guess it. is just designed to explain why he doesn't look like like a wax mold when he like <laughs> yeah. you right. know takes his eye out or whatever. I don't and know. then Terminator three, he's the T eight fifty, which is that upgrade where they just added like fifteen years. And what is she? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what is she? The TX. Oh, she's, she's the T one thousand. No, because no, Robert oh, right, Patrick's right. the T one thousand. She's the T X. Okay, they it don't makes say no what sense. It I don't want to talk about anything past. I'm right. sorry, I have to get this right because it's actually crazy. Okay, he is model one hundred and one, and I assume that refers to the Arnold skin. Yeah. Right, is the model one hundred and one. Okay, he is in Terminator two eight hundred. Right, he's a T eight hundred model one hundred and one. Version two point four, but let's not. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think they say that in a. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm gonna look up what what he is in uh in the Terminator, the original Terminator. Look, I'm on the Terminator wiki. Yeah, sure. But yeah. the the grander point, yeah, is that the T one million in the ride is like the biggest. He's like a huge spider. He's a metal spider, Ben. Yeah, and it's huge. That's it's the whole humongous. Point. It's like re- it's like the biggest Terminator in three D. Yeah, that's. I mean, a spider. Is it still playing? No. At Orlando, I think it maybe is. It's really? done in Hollywood. I think it's done in both. Because I went to Hollywood recently and was so excited to ride it and had been replaced by, I I erroneously said it had been replaced by Shrek 4D, which I will say, as I, I said before, is a shitty movie. It was actually replaced by the Minions ride. I think it's been replaced by the Minions Guys, in both. Guys, we've talked about this already on the podcast. And it's it doesn't just, it's matter. Great. It's the second best Terminator film, okay. in my opinion. Okay, so just- I just, love it. I think it's better than T1. The problem, the YouTube videos that are available are literally someone filming the yeah, screen, and so it's it looks the blurry like 3D yeah. thing. I mean, and also part of that thing is the real, like, stunt people on stage interacting with the movie, so you, like, can't fucking watch it. Also, the whole, the thing where you're waiting to go in, and they so play good. that movie with Shaq. Right. Which is so, amazing. I guess we'll just have to go to Universal Studios. The boys are going to Universal. You guys I'd do it. Um, yeah. All right. Okay. okay. So he's does. a T-800 in both, but yeah. the model is 101. Let's never speak of this again. <laughs> right. All right. So Arnold Schwarzenegger in 84, him and Jimmy C, yeah. they make Terminator, does well. Great movie. Jimmy C goes on and makes Aliens. Huge. Big hit. Huge. He makes The Abyss. Oh, no. No, no, no. Uh, doesn't do well. Doesn't do well. 
I think most people who worked on that show actively spoke of wanting to murder him for making him. I mean, worked on that movie. It was a show. It, well, hey, and Harris that's And Harris literally said, "I will never talk about that movie again." Like it was like a it's not fucking that. internment it's camp. It's watchable. No, no, I mean the experience. Making oh, it. the experience. They it basically was, drowned yeah. the cast. It was notably like one of the tensest. <laughs> You know, I'm sort sure. of production. Well, they're in, in water the whole time. Yeah. They're in water the whole time. And it yeah. was like uncharted technology, and yeah. he was drowning everybody. He was drowning and everybody. And you have like like famous hothead Ed Harris, like <laughs> like well known as like one of the most like irascible actors around in a room like underwater with James Cameron, who demands like excellence from everybody. His uh his head's so hot he burned all his hair off. <laughs> It's it's gone. Three comedy points. <laughs> All right, <laughs> that undeserving. I just want you to know that we're shaking hands when we're doing. I know, we're going by weird, the old official system. Oh, it's it's I see. Rule. But what if you're who's with someone's driving? If these are, you have to like reach over. And... Well, that's when you would dap it if you couldn't transfer a handshake. Right. I don't know why that's I brought fine. this up. I don't know why I wanted to talk about <laughs> it. Be right. a dap. We'll you... ta- well, we talked about the abet. Okay, we talked about the abet. Yeah. <laughs> um. But so Arnie. So Jimmy C. I feel like he's he's. A little bit of a he's at the lowest he's ever he ever gets in his career. Yeah, pretty much. That was his this. only like sort of misstep. So it makes a lot of sense that he's yeah. like, let me, well, you know, let me go back to the juice. Go back right? to safe territory. T two, right. right? Go back to the juice. Even yeah. though we're gonna, we'll talk about that in a second. He got like on so much money for this movie, and it it was a risk in and of itself. Mm, but Arnie, right. yeah, Arnie, uh, Commando. Right. Huge. He plays hit. John Matrix. Right. That right. happens Which the is, year after Terminator that's 85. Yeah. yeah. And that but is just, a really good movie. That, yeah. Is that the one where he kills someone with a pipe and says, blow off some steam? I think so, yes. <laughs> I believe so. I believe you're correct. John yeah. Matrix is my favorite Arnie name. They gave him these names that are like so American. Who the fuck would ever be called John Matrix? Well, that's the thing. That's the, <laughs> that's the of the Winchester Matrixes. <laughs> like, imagine that being uh, Ellis Island, uh, Wachowski. What do you want to change your name to? Matrix. <laughs> and like, also, yeah, it's eighty-five. Those are the days when you know he's really pushing like the boundaries of his yeah. speech. Yeah. You know, like, all right, yeah. uh, he makes Raw Deal. What's uh, Raw Deal? You know, it's the we. You know, uh, they remade it recently. It's like a bunch of. Uh, uh, no. You're giving up. No, I'm convinced. Oh, sorry, I was confusing it with Red Dawn. Oh, 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 oh. Raw deal is like they gave him a raw deal, and now he's gonna give it back to him. I don't <laughs> really. Know. Yeah, yeah. You know. Sounds great. <laughs> it's he's like, amazing. He's like an informant or something. Okay. And like the FBI fucks him over, so then he has to like kill a bunch of mafia people. Okay. I, I haven't. If I've seen it, I don't remember it. Okay, so that's eighty six. That's eighty six. Eighty seven. Predator. Predator, where he plays Alan Dutch Schaefer. Yeah. Again, because you know, love it. A guy with an Austrian accent, you call him Dutch. Dutch. Of course. Dutch. <laughs> yeah. Not Get confusing. To the All that stuff. Right. Predator. It's a fucking masterpiece. Fucking rules. Great Love movie. that movie. Yeah. Really great movie. Yeah. Two future governors are in that movie. Yes. Jesse Ventura is in that movie. Yeah. It's the uh, only movie to feature two actors who went on to be governors. Is that true? Go. Mm-hmm. Hey. Good stats. Also, The Running Man in 87. Okay. Which is a cool movie. And although it was not as big a hit. Directed by Starsky, I believe. Of Starsky and Hodge. Uh, yes. Yeah. Paul Michael Glazer. Yeah. All right, and then uh, Red Heat in 88, the comedy with Belushi. Finally, our two titans of cinema at the yeah. point. They went, let's get yeah, Schwartz so 80, and the Belushi. is funny year. Yeah. Because Twins is 88. Yeah. Twins <laughs> is a huge hit. He's getting a little funny that but year. I think within those movies. Like, people forget, Twins made $215 million. Oh, it was humongous. In 1988. Yeah. It was a yeah. t- colossal. Yeah. And I think, like, within these movies you're talking about, he is figuring out more and more how to be a leading man. Very much. He's and the auteur of these movies. Yeah, right. and how to do comedy effectively, because yeah. in Terminator 2, 
He's a really funny, funny character. He's so yeah. funny. It's such a funny movie. Well, we're almost there. Well, Sorry. The, the key no, to no, Schwarzenegger no, is that he, over the course of these films, in between Terminator 1 and Terminator and like, 2. Twins is his idea. Right. Like, very much. Oh, so. why they feel me and David? Yeah, no, really. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great idea. Yeah. Um, it it's, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's limited. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, today, The movie is not good. Yeah. Here's the thing. If that movie's it, so high concept that yes. it's insane. If he pitched that movie today, they'd be like, that's a great funnier die short. <laughs> aren't they making us aren't they making triplets? They, no, they are not making triplets. Oh, I hope they make triplets. They Eddie, Eddie Murphy, who has like delivered one joke in the last five years. Like, Eddie, what had happened to him? We should do a whole Eddie oh, Murphy. Oh god, it would be great. I mean, you know I'm the like, distinguished podcast? By- <laughs> Sorry, that's <laughs> for reference to one of the most obscure Eddie Murphy comments. <laughs> um Josh Gad. Uh-huh. Wrote. He's a comedy triplets. legend. They hired Josh Gad, comedy legend, <laughs> to write they triplets. They were like, hmm, how do we beat twins, a legendary comedy movie? Get a comedy legend yeah. in here, Josh Gad! Well, they went, we should get a comedian <laughs> to do this, and they went to Billy Crystal first, and he passed. They went, mm-hmm. who's the other one? Josh Gad, they're only Billy two Crystal comedians. Pass? <laughs> Sorry, I carry on. Yeah, yeah. Billy Crystal passed on writing trips. Oh, so they just went to the other comedian. That's the joke I was making. comedians. That's the joke I was making. I thought you were making. being serious. I was like, I could see them running on triplets what? by Billy Crystal. That's crisp acting. Sold uh, my joke. Yeah, very crisp. Yeah. From now on, we can only describe good acting as crisp. Crisp. As crisp. Uh, Linda Hamilton's really fucking crispy oh, in this movie. Very crispy. Don't even want to yeah. talk about it. All right. Uh, um, what I was going to say is oh, in sure. this period of time between Terminator 1 and Terminator 2, and Twins is a great example of this, mm-hmm. he becomes like, whereas some people you see them develop their skills as an actor. Like someone like Channing Tatum, who had charisma sure. and a look before mm-hmm. he really developed like serious chops. Yeah. You see him getting better and better, more sort of lived in and specific as an actor, right? Schwarzenegger in this period of time between when he becomes a movie star, you know, sort of like a leading man and and it becomes like a a monolith kind of thing. He just becomes like starts obsessively studying how he plays on camera. Yeah. Just becomes so hyper aware of everything he's putting out there, everything innate to his vibe, his appearance, his voice, how people perceive him. And he just becomes like. This is like a piece of machinery that I know how to operate perfectly. I'm Schwarzenegger. Literally. This is my vehicle, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Can I can I finish his yes, career? Yes, yes, yes. Nineteen ninety. Yeah. My favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, oh. aside from this one, Total maybe. Recall. Total Recall. Yeah, with Total Paul Verhoeven. Yeah. That movie is fucking out of its mind. It's great. Yeah. Love that movie. Also, Kindergarten Cop, which is right. great with Reitman. Yeah. No, it's not. It's bad. But I it's a big love hit. Kindergarten Cop. Oh, piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But that's interesting that he's now done two. Uh, Kindergarten Cop also makes like $200 million. Right. That movie opens with Arnold Schwarzenegger killing a bunch of drug dealers with mm-hmm. a shotgun. Correct. And it then is 1990. It's about him uh, befriending a group of kindergartners. It is. Yes. It's not a tumor. It, it is not a tumor. They no. did prove that. Um, that that is the second time he does one of these weird like Spielberg type years where he shows two sides in sure. one year. Yeah, very so Spielberg. Like, so you're saying Kindergarten Cop is the Schindler's List? In this yes, I'm saying you do the thing where you do like like Spielberg would always do the two for one where he do like highbrow lowbrow in one year. Kindler, Schindler, it's oh my Kindler's god, I'm freaking list. out. <laughs> Kindergarten Cop is the Amistad and uh, and yes. uh, and, and Total Recall yes, is the Lost that's World. The, yes, yeah. that's yeah. the joke I'm making. Mm-hmm. You don't like that I'm explaining your jokes. That's kind of the antithesis of comedy points. <laughs> the whole point is you- I'm not looking you, for comedy points. I'm a rebel, I'm a renegade. And you move on. I'm, I'm regarded by everyone, I think, in the world of podcasting, in the community of podcasting, as a notorious renegade. That is true, and I <laughs> cannot contest that. You are known as the bad boy of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. I'm the bad boy of podcasting. So 
I just think it's interesting that twice he's like, sure, I'm right. going to give you a classic Schwarzenegger and mm-hmm. give you a laugher. Yeah. I'm going to like play give you some cheese, but yeah. some sausage. I'm going to play the hits and make fun of myself. Sure. So you know, like he's so I, self-aware. I would say, and I think uh, what you're, what Sam's pointing out right here is sort of what I'm about. I think we agree, even though we disagree. You're looking at each other. You're both. I think we're making the same. Twins point. is great fun. Kindergarten cop, like it, the the incongruity of like you know he's a cop who shoots drug dealers and like a oh, whimsical interaction yeah, with children. It, it doesn't land for me. Okay. It, that movie's kind of odd. Well, for me, I think that these movies and probably especially Kindergarten Cop also gave him this appeal to families. He's, sure. very, he's, very, like, he's very big conscious of it. Families yeah. and that changed his career. We 100%. are little boys. Now you guys are probably very I'm, little. Well, I'm actually in between your two ages. I see. Uh, so and also because this movie Terminator Two was really bi- the reason I love it is because yeah. I watched it as a kid so many times. It was huge with my family. It's weirdly like the most kid friendly R rated film ever made. Is it R rated? Yeah, oh, which is it's very, very interesting. Very but it like yeah. always was like from the moment it came out it had like fucking bubble gum and like yeah. action figures and video yeah, games. It was, it but was it was R rated. A gambit that worked I think yeah. which is like we're just gonna promote and sort of release this film as if it's like a big box. This is a movie for kids R-rated. with cool parents. Well, it, I was like, also, it yeah. held all those R-rating uh, records for like a for decade ever. before yeah. Scary Movie came along and knocked them all down. And then now it's uh, Passion of the Christ. Passion of the Christ is a lot of them. Deadpool yeah. um, uh, really? got a lot of the new yeah. ones. Yeah. Well, also, because watching this movie reminded me of this, I used to watch this a lot with my family, and there were two scenes that my mother always covered my eyes during, because I was the youngest member sure. of my family. Okay. Yeah. So I was the one who snuck underneath. And the two of them that I didn't see until I was a teenager were Sarah Connor burning to death in her dream. Which is fucked up. Yep. Which is a serious not scene. A, not something you want your kid to see. Uh, and Arnold Schwarzenegger ripping the skin off his arm. Oh, awesome. I fucking and love that. It's great, but right. I didn't see it until I was 16 what, Okay, years old. here's what I thought you were going to say instead of the ripping the skin off, although that's also very nightmarish, is the, uh, the blade through the mouth. Oh yeah, no. Which for is some pretty reason, brutal. Yeah. and or the and the pokey eye, <laughs> pokey eye is intense. Those are yeah. those are intense. But yeah. the pokey eye is kind of quick. It is. It is. Uh, but then the, they the do thing it, through the mouth. It's gross. Here's that's, the thing about the pokey eye, though. It's it's quick in terms of what you see. That's graphic. Yeah. But they also cut to this angle where you see him kind of fishing around, <laughs> and and he's sort of like and the sounds are and happening. Twitching. Like it's not like a lot of viscera. But like you're seeing it's fucking weird. You're seeing a guy's out. brain get like yeah. mangled. It's How good cool. are those twins though? Oh, love them. Great job, twins. Those guys, so they, they were like the go-to guys if you needed like two or something. Right. <laughs> and Joe Dante used them all the time. And they're in Looney Tunes Back in Action, which I think is an underrated masterpiece, playing the Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. And they're really? fucking great in it. Hey, now speaking of twins, is it true that Linda Hamilton has an a identical does. twin? She does. Correct. And and she played, she did a little bit of work in this movie. We'll yeah. get to that scene because it's funny. Oh, she's oh, that the mirror scene. the mirror. So cool. All right, but anyway, just to sorry, finish sorry. my little yeah. treatise on Arnie, what's interesting is this movie hits and it's the biggest fucking thing that ever happened. Humongous. And it just confirms his status as like king. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he never makes a hit movie ever again. Basically. Really? He makes movies that do fine. Um, it, it, no film lands oh, no, with the I'm same I'm sorry. End. I'm forgetting what? True Lies. True Lies is a huge hit. So yeah. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. So yeah. wait, but did he never make a number? He made number ones. No, True Lies is a total number one. I totally forgot about True Lies. But I'm just thinking of like, yeah. it goes like, Last Action Hero, Junior, huh. Eraser, Jingle All the Way, Batman and Robin. Like, <laughs> yeah, wow. These movies that are- wow. Bad. Yeah. They do okay, maybe. I mean, Last Action Hero is like a real bomb. 
but you know. He doesn't have an unqualified smash again. Like, no. it does well, uh, apart but from it's true like lies. Apart from True Lies. Yeah, well, but even, Batman and Robin yeah. made money, but was despised. Yeah. He made like 100 mil, which was like pretty bad. But, and I'll yes. say this about True Lies too. Like, um, True Lies too. Oh my God. Advisory. Like, I don't want to start rumors. I'll say this about True Lies as well. Uh, very successful, uh, well liked. Didn't have the same level of cultural impact. Mm-mm. As Terminator 2, especially coming off of no, like, this is the next Cameron Schwarzenegger that thing. Is, that is true. And by the very high bar of Terminator 2, it it maybe doesn't clear it. But apart from that, it's and a was huge, also, huge hit. Well, and was a very profitable movie, but was far and away the most expensive movie ever made at that time. Very expensive. So it was less profitable than Terminator 2 was because it like made less and but cost more. That that's but we're huge not, success. I'm talking about public, yeah. you know, yeah, acknowledgement. That's, a, that's not a, money. a very minor asterisk on the film. But yeah, it is just interesting, like, even though I feel like we grew up in the 90s, like, Arnie was such a, Huge. like, ever-present figure in the 90s. Yeah. But he doesn't actually make a lot of big movies after T2 that work. He makes a right. lot of big, you know, Because, like, Eraser movies. was a big disappointment. Batman it and Robin money, was, like... like Eraser, yeah. Eraser feels like one of his 80s movies, you know? But it, it so costs like, a ton. That's the thing. Yeah. I remember when Eraser was coming out, people being like, this is him getting back in the zone. Like, Eraser had a lot of hype because it was like, this is him doing a more yeah. serious-minded, mm. like, adult action movie. And then it, like, did all right. It's, uh, that also like collateral damage, which was like a little later. Well, that's what we get in the two thousands. You yeah. have like the six day collateral well, yeah, if, damage. Yeah. Fuck. I mean, what's if, the hell one? End of days. Yeah. yeah if you want me to yeah. go, keep going. Jingle all the way. Batman and Robin. End of days, which is the hell one. Gabriel Byrne. Right. You got the sixth day with clones. You got Doctor and Bob Duvall's in that too, right? Yeah, Bobby D. I think Bobby uh, D's a clone in him. I almost gave him uh, Doctor Doolittle too, but that's an uncredited voice role. Sorry. Oh, collateral wow. damage. Then Terminator Three, where he's trying, like, oh come on, yeah. let's go back, back to that. Yeah. And then he runs for governor, and that's it. Uh, I'm sorry, you're forgetting around, around the world. Native Yeah, I am not forgetting it, but oh, I don't want to speak. Where about he plays it. a very <laughs> horny king. <laughs> he does. Uh, that is fascinating. I didn't and realize. Then, yeah. Yeah, and then he basically doesn't come back until the Last Stand. Right. I mean, he's in the Expendables movies for like a second, but you know, yeah. that's just. Uh, that's him, like being like, I'm not the governor anymore. Let me make some movies, like yeah. And, and now he's making all kinds of weird movies. But he that's what's give a weird shit. is when he comes back, you go like, okay, there's an opportunity here for him to have like a huge comeback and he do something with a lot of force. And he just does like a twenty million dollar Lionsgate movie. You know, yeah. like he just comes back and does some programmers. What's yeah. the movie where he plays a DEA agent with Joe Mangli? Sabotage. I like Sabotage. That movie is out of its mind. I think I Sabotage is that. good though. Yeah. And the director uh, of Suicide Squad. Yeah, and then he did good. a zombie movie called Maggie that's right, like, which is like okay. a drama. Yeah. It's not that good, but he's pretty good in yeah. it. He did Terminator Genesis, which was a nightmare. Escape we, Plan with Stallone. It's Escape Plan with Stallone, which like barely got released. Right. You know, Escape Plan. He's bad. making something like now Escape called like Why We're Killing Gunther, which is directed, written, movie. and directed by Taron Killer. So it's going to be a huge hit. Yeah, no, seriously. It might be good. Who knows? But it's not going to be a hit. I don't hit. know. I don't know. It might be good, it's but it's just, not going to be a hit. It's just interesting to me that Arnie's, you know, this is kind of it for Arnie. That's yeah, safe for real, T2. I didn't, I didn't this is where that. he starts to lean towards parody. That's fascinating. I mean, yeah, yeah you're, you're right. He never, um, he has films that make a cultural impact and he has films that are successful, but, mm. but this was his peak. I mean, mm-hmm. it's all downhill yeah. from Terminator 2. And it doesn't even, Pretty he much. doesn't even really coast. I mean, you go like Terminator 2. You can like it takes a say, two like, year break. Right, True yeah. Lies is like lateral, you yeah. know, and then it's like down. Mm. Yeah, it's really that's quickly fascinating. Down. That is fascinating. So, but Jim, Jimmy C. Yes, you know, The Abyss cost a lot of money and didn't make much money, and yeah. uh, was a nightmare to make. And I feel like you know these are all bad things to happen to a director. Right. You don't want to get this reputation as like, 
oh god it's just a real it's torturous and it was like like, a borderline heaven's gate type of thing where there was Mm -hmm. a lot of press about how poorly it was going it got the oscar for visual effects everyone was like well that part definitely sure cgi tentacles it was like that worked the rest of the movie yeah and then years later it kind of was sort of you know reevaluated i mean it has its you know, supporters certainly. It does, it does. And he's obviously tinkered with it The director's over over, cut, like, he's definitely added, helped you know, like the, the reputation of the movie. movie. The yeah. movie basically came out without an ending, and he then tried to fix that. Right. But anyway, we'll get, we'll get, or we will have gotten to that. Sorry. Yeah. Um, the Terminator 2, though. So the Terminator came out, uh-huh. and then um, the, the company that owned it, like, went bankrupt. Right. And, like, so the rights to a sequel were, like, always, like, hard yeah. to figure out anyway. I think Which that was... Which is this fascinating thing about the Terminator franchise is it's, like, the the village bicycle like well, it's the, the rights are like a mummy's curse <laughs> it really is yeah, it's yeah. crazy yeah. remember that moment where Joss Whedon when like the rights were up for grabs and he wanted to yeah. buy it he was like I'll buy it I'll do something cool I don't know just let me have it like, could have been and that was two years before uh, the Avengers everyone was like yeah but no one would let Joss Whedon take over like a big <sighs> franchise right yeah. I remember that being the sentiment like it's like he's a TV guy they're not gonna let him do like big Hollywood franchises it's true yeah. And instead, um, they made Terminator Genesis. Yeah. Eventually, like somebody bought the rights, and well, no, I think that was auction, Salvation. I think that it's it David Ellison this... wrote it, right? It, it bought him. It's Meg, Meg Ellison. Yeah, the Annapurna. Yeah. Right, bought the rights, and it was like, oh, that's weird. She's like a highbrow, like art house woman. It was like, oh, she's gonna get this big franchise to sort of bankroll her like passion right. project, and then she sold it off to her brother, David Ellison, who like has a lot less creative control and just sort of is like a fund for, like, Paramount Tom Cruise movies and stuff. Well, all three movies that follow this one are completely differently toned disasters. This is true. Like, each yeah. of them try yeah. to take a new direction. Mm-hmm. Each choice is terrible, and all those yeah, movies are bad. Yeah, like, T3's trying... I like T3. I've defended T3. T3's silly. T3's so interesting at this point. Now You are a silly boy. I almost want to talk about it, but... Well, I kind I like Genesis more than most people do. Okay, so we've gotten into this a lot. I, I can't stand Genesis. Well, you and I watch Genesis, I like Genesis together Genesis more yeah. than yeah, we watch it does. together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but an important thing about our watching Genesis was right before that. Oh my we, God, David, you don't know this. We tried to watch Mordecai. We tried to watch Mordecai. We're like, oh, oh don't get be, angry at me oh, for I'm trying to watch Mordecai. It'll be you. fun to sit here and make fun of Mordecai. Mordecai is actually unwatchable. Yeah. Like, like how far did you get in? We had to skip around, and even that was murderous. <laughs> Ten minutes in, we were like, how much time is left in this movie? And we thought we were 45 minutes in. It's terrible. No, no joke, ten minutes in, we thought we were halfway we through the movie. We gotta watch Mordecai. It's so... It's settled. Oh. We have to do it. So it sounds we, great. We you were can't like, get through yeah. If you get through it, you guys deserve an award. So it's we, terrible. It's honestly, it's like only a do real, it for an award. It's a test. It definitely is a test. We were watching it on Hulu, and so when, like we were fast-forwarding, you could sort of see the preview box <laughs> image of like what we were yeah, fast-forwarding uh, past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'd run across an image where I was like, wait, that looks crazy. We have to stop. And we'd stop, and it'd be like, this part's going to be fun to watch, and then it would be unwatchable. Like, immediately our brains would start, like, leaking out of our ears. Uh, and then we watched Genesis, and I was like, this is great. <laughs> sure, so you're saying maybe you were it was colored maybe tainted, by... Yeah. But I think it's better than... Mordecai? I think, yeah, I think it's better than Mordecai. I think it's better than people give it credit I for. think Genesis is worse than I remember it, and I didn't like it. But it did have Arnie in it, and I do like Arnie. He's in this film as well. The film we're talking talk about today, about Terminator 2. Okay, can I just say one thing about Mordecai, and then I'm going to get into Terminator 2. Colon, Judgment Day. One thing about Mordecai. What? You know how everyone was making fun of like the mustache thing in Mordecai? Because they were like, this is so silly, the fucking mustache, the posters. As, as two people who have watched that movie in sort of like a flyby way, that movie is actually 90% mustache. Joke. I'd say 70% of the dialogue involves his mustache in some way. It's not even that the mustache is like the MacGuffin of the movie. It's actually the plot driver. Yeah, it kind of is what that movie's about. Yeah, every scene is focused on his mustache. Uh, 
I've talked about how the way I saw Terminator 2 for the first time. <laughs> oh, David showed me a picture of Mordecai. This guy's such a rogue. Oh, boy. It always gets you. It always gets you. It always gets you. He's on the so hood bad. of a car, but he's such a cad, David. He looks alarmed. We tried to watch that scene, and even that scene, I couldn't figure out what the that fuck was going on. That movie's only funny in stills. <laughs> they should have released it as a flip book. <laughs> Mordecai should have been the first movie that went straight to Viewmaster Reel. Okay. Should have been a coffee All table right. book. <laughs> Enough about Mordecai. This is what I, I want to say about Terminator God. 2. This is what I want to say about Terminator 2. And now oh, we're going to start talking. Terminator 2. I'd love to talk about Terminator 2 Judgment Day. I don't know why you keep on derailing me. I would love to talk about Terminator 2 Judgment Day, okay? Yeah. I've talked about how the way I saw the movie for the first time was my dad got sent this DVD of Terminator 2. Yeah, and, yeah, and like, you talked about it. Right. You, you wanted to watch number one first, and then right. you watched two. And so before I had convinced my mom to let me watch it, I'd have this DVD, and I covered it. It was like two discs. Ooh, look at this. And there was a really thick booklet. Sure. You know, it had like a real kind of thick you. liner notes mm-hmm. booklet that explained the whole we got you. production history and development of the film. That, uh, you know, was written by PR people, so it was like they were making no, it, it seem like it was the fucking Ten Commandments. You did write it, did but you it, were yeah. working PR for That's right. yeah, Artisan right. Home Entertainment at the time. Correct. Yeah. Um, I was the one who told him to buy Blair Witch Project. Which was a good call. They didn't give me any. They don't give you any credit for that. Anyway, go on. That was actually a really good call. <laughs> um, they s- talked a lot in this booklet about how the thing was, like, the movie comes out, it's a big hit. Mm-hmm. And then in the seven years between Terminator 1 and Terminator 2, it just grew and grew and grew. As Arnold got bigger... With successive hits, people went back and watched that. Sure, right. And, of, and, and these are the days of huge, it was like cable, huge VHS. Huge on VHS. Yeah. Yeah. It was the 80s. People wanted right. to watch movies again. So it become colossal. It become yeah. this big cultural. Not Colossus, the metal man from Mexico. It did not. No. And that's, people get confused they on do, that point they're a both lot. both metal men. Yes, but we, let's settle and this once and for all. And not Colossal, the Anne Hathaway Godzilla movie that apparently everyone either loves or hates. Yes, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> everyone either loves or hates. All right. Carry on. I'm sorry. I keep derailing you. They said, like, it became this thing where it was like, everyone was like, he's got to make a Terminator 2. You got to make a Terminator 2. The point it ends at, Sarah Connor, you want to see what happens next, this and that. And so it got to this point, I think, especially after The Abyss, when he had had a failure, where it was like, there's a demand. I should figure out how to make this. But they say in this booklet that the question was, like, how do you do Terminator 2 now? The first Terminator is so violent. Like, sure, so unsparingly sure. violent. It's true. And dark. And now Arnold has become, like, a family guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, he still makes your commandos, your predators, your violent films. But but even at that point, that was in the rear view from a now, couple Total of years. Total Recall is just a year before Terminator in that movie. It's fucking insane. He it's, shoots Sharon Stone in the head. It's insane. And he says, consider that a divorce. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> but here's the thing. Arnold does two things, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. One is... Uh, does a lot of family comedies that he does cut some family the intensity. Comedies, some fan coms. He's deflating his own sure. sort of balloon, of right? Course, a yeah. little bit and letting people know, that, I mean, on the dog. And then the second thing that happens is he makes a hard move into sci-fi. And mm. Terminator is a sci-fi film, but on an aesthetic level for most of the movie, you're just looking at two guys in close shooting at each other. Yeah. But then you get to Total Recall, which is so Very fantastical. Very high sci-fi, visual. Mars, mm. and, and even implanted when, yes. memories, and all this nonsense. It's an R-rated movie. It's a hard R. But when things are happening in that movie, they're so sort of ridiculous and big and outside of the realm of human possibilities, right? So the idea what of a, just what having... What fucking wonderland you're describing. I love it. The idea of having Arnold just shoot someone point blank 
Sure. The way he does in Terminator 1, yeah. or even would do in, like, Commando. I get what you're saying. So that was the question. Is like, how do you make Terminator 2, knowing that America wants to love Arnold Are you just going to end this with, so they decided to make him a good guy? Fucking brilliant. It, it is, is brilliant. brilliant. It's it is. unbelievable. I know. It seems so, I remember when I was a kid, I yeah. was like, oh, you mean, you know, I don't know if you know this, but, like, Hollywood's real cheesy. And, yeah. like, they couldn't let him be bad anymore. He had to be good. He had to be, like, the man. Like, no, it's a brilliant idea. Well, what's incredible about it is- Fuck it- you, 11-year-old David. <laughs> On its face, it sounds like the worst studio note in the world. Be it like, does, eh, it does. Could the bad guy be a good guy this time? Arnie's real famous. I don't know. And but he just, like, it, it's like he weaponizes it into, like, the only story he could have told. I will also, I'll go even a step further, because this is something uh, uh, Elena, mm-hmm. my wonderful girlfriend, pointed out, in that- Humble brag. They also make this effort in Terminator 2 Specifically, when John Connor's like, "I don't want you to kill people." Yep, that's such a big part in the fact it's that it's huge. The Terminator and this then good he guy shoots people in the knees. Yeah, he yeah. probably destroys Which people's seems very knees. Very painful. Yeah, and do, and like does like mess people up. Yeah, but is actually not trying to kill people. Yeah, he isn't. Linda Hamilton kills a lot of people. Right. In this movie. That well, which is what I love about this. She becomes <laughs> she becomes the quasi villain. She really the is anti-hero. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she's yeah. not a villain. No, it's but she's too kind far. of the lead of this movie. Yeah, yes. I mean, whatever. She and Arnie are yeah. co-leads. Uh, but um, yeah, the movie kind of passes up because she's not majorly involved after the Dyson attack sure. in the movie. Yeah, he takes after, the reins the At that point, it's more his movie. Um, yeah, that's true. I think it's a very good point. And I think the other thing they even do beyond that is you have the thing the first time he's like shooting at guys mm-hmm. where John Connor's like, what the fuck? You can't do that. And he's well, like, I do what you tell me to do. Right. And it's like, okay, so not only are you having like another character be like the little guardian angel over his shoulder being like don't do that you're also establishing which the first movie doesn't because it's just like he's this unstoppable force yeah this movie kind of sets it up that he's like a child yeah sure that he's oh, a child he, and he, he doesn't know his own he's power learning. right and so when he does something that's like kind of cool and like badass mm-hmm. and like an action movie way it's like well, I didn't mean it. Yeah. You know, and they can immediately, like, kind of scrub it out. But no, that scene where he is about to execute that guy, yeah. and it's like he's completely bored. He's just, like, cocking his gun and literally, it's great. Yeah. I love that. Is yeah. that he's, you're talking about the scene where John Connor tells yes. him not to. Yeah. yeah. I also think that scene, those are the characters I feel the most pity for in this movie. No question. Are those characters that go over to help a, a boy who they see being attacked. By a giant Austrian man <laughs> yeah, in, a leather yeah, in a leather jacket. And then yeah. the boy is like, well, fuck you guys. Because <laughs> yeah, they're, like, they're like kind of rude, I yeah. guess. So the boy's also got a bit of a toot. Yeah. Oh, he's, John he's Connor's got, got a rude toot. toot. That's got actually, toot. if we want to like really get into this, yeah. uh, I, something I'm curious about from you two, do we think Edward Furlong is good in this movie? This is, I mean, we could talk about this for All right, seven I got, episodes. I already got in a huge fight with Esther about it. Yeah. Esther Zuckerman, previous guest on the show, where she said Edward Furlong is bad in the movie, and I said, no, you are wrong, he is good. So I'm glad we've settled that. Great. I think Thanks. I'm gonna leave. I think <laughs> I think he's great. Do, do you think he's you... great. <laughs> I think objectively it's not a great piece of acting. That having been said, I think it's piece of acting. What is this fucking I don't think it's as crisp as it could be, the but Pulitzer I do think... board over here. I do think it's the perfect performance for the movie. Exactly. I, I think, think it's, it's what perfectly the movie modulated needs. to the yeah. movie. Look, I think yeah. the character fits the movie. I think he's a little the screaming, this viewing, love it. Got to yeah. me. Love a the screaming. Bit. Now you guys know he redubbed the entire performance, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, you can tell that in some yeah. points. Right. You can see it. It's he, in he the, had to because his voice broke. His yeah. voice yeah. broke, and they had really? to keep it at one level because the production was so long, and he was like right in the midst of puberty. Mm. If you see his like, there are scenes like the dirt bike chase. He looks really young. Yeah. And then you get to other stuff like at different points of the movie where he looks like okay, puberty started to kick in. His face 
shape is like changing a little bit. And his voice was so all over the place that they had to redub it and be like, let's just pick one pitch. And that's what it is now. I will definitely say it's the best John Connor performance on, in film. Mm-hmm. No question. Yeah, you don't like Nick Stahl? I like him. I think he's okay. I think I this like is him. a better performance. Nick Stahl's kind of all over the place. Yeah, I think he's actually quite Nick good. Nick Stahl feels like he's but... doing, he's trying to sort of do Edward Furlong, you know, like he's trying to hug. The, the third movie feels like it's hugging the second movie more. And then, Tightly. of course, you know, and then the other two obviously don't care at all. Well, and here's the other Jason thing Clark is kind of okay in Terminator I Genesis, think, but it's just yeah. the character makes no sense. And then he turns right. into like a nanobots or whatever. So it's I, all I bullshit. I think Jason Clark's a wonderful actor, and he's I don't think actor. he's ever given a bad performance. I think that character is so thankless. You can't do anything. You can't do anything with it. And in terms of, he's such a device in that movie, literally. But I also think that, <laughs> boy, I mean, this is the problem with all the other attempts to make Terminator sequels is like the fact that Cameron flipped it and made him the good guy. And now it's two Terminators. And like now it's this and it's the Judgment Day sets it up. So like these two movies are a diptych, like they're mirrors of each other, which is great. And especially right? those oh. early scenes where he's like sort of mimicking his behavior from the first yeah. movie and you can get why she's so terrified of him right. and, you know. But you can only mirror something one time. Like, it's not like, here's the next chapter. The movie is so much uh, about its relationship to the first one yeah. in terms of flipping expectations and everything. Right. At least in the first hour. Yeah. 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 That, like, you can't really do a third. And then the other thing is, and this is certainly the Terminator salvation problem, is, like, the future war is so cool because we barely see it. Yeah. You know, and John Connor is such a mythic figure because we never have to see someone be John Connor mm. because he will never live up to the expectations of how the film speaks of him. Oh, yeah. In terms of like literally this guy's Jesus against the robots. He's the one person who can motivate everyone to do this. Right. And there's no performance that can live up to that. When you see the dude at the beginning of Terminator 2 with the, with scar, the scar in his face and you're like, that's all you need to see. It's just a guy who looks stoic. Yeah, surrounded by the robots. second best that's John fine. Connor performance. Honestly. But nonetheless, yeah, maybe. Nonetheless... I think Furlong works because he works. he's so far away from being the John Connor we talked about. But I like the idea that there's like little hints of like even in this like rude toot kid, he's got a rude toot. The toot is rude, but he's yeah. so strong minded. It's a rude toot. It's a rude toot. But he's so strong minded. He's got like a like innate morality that can't be like shaken uh-huh. out of him, yes. even by his like fucking psychotic mother and you know uh, Xander Berkeley and right. whatever you know crappy foster parents yeah. and public enemy T-shirt that he yeah. wears because he's so cool. He's so cool. Hey, I, I would also argue. That culturally, he had a big influence on our generation of like how to sort of like be a, a like a bratty kid. Oh no, oh, question. Yeah. like I yeah. know watching that now, I sort of it it reminded me of how big of a jerk I was in high school and middle school to my parents and friends. <laughs> I was that kid. Oh, I was yeah. definitely like fuck everybody. No one gets me, man. Did you ever have a dirt bike, Ben? I did. Did you really? Of course, he used to ride on jumps with my bike. friends. He's from bike Benny. He's Benny, and he's from Jersey. Come on, it makes so much sense. Yeah, I'm just picturing Ben now with like the Edward Furlong flip on a dirt bike. I had long hair. I used to wear army jackets. Ugh. So you just were John Connor. Sorta. I yeah. had uh, you know combat boots. Uh, were you friends with Buttnick? <laughs> fuck! I wish Did I you was. have one of those computers that could hack an ATM machine. No, he but I used to pretty good. But I used to steal stuff all the time from the Wiz. Hey, <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, you know their their tagline was "Nobody beats the Wiz." You well, beat them. yeah, I yeah, 
And just to clarify, <laughs> when Ben says he used to steal stuff from the Wiz, he means the Broadway revival of the Wiz. He would sneak in backstage yeah. and steal props and costume pieces. Yeah, that's correct. And nobody beat them. Yeah, and they're per diem pick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can we talk about Butnick really quickly? Yes. Well, can we, we spend th- five seconds. Five, five seconds. All right, five fine, seconds. but let's get to the movie. Right, Two quick things time. about Same's Butnick. Same Butnick corner. One. One, yeah. one, one thing. That actor attended Bucks Rock. The Did summer really? camp Griffin and I met at. Yes. Wow. Years and years when okay. he was very young. Yeah. Two, I want you to notice, he is literally shoved out of this movie. <laughs> that is true. He, he gets shoved. shoved away by the T-1000 and is gone from the movie and gone from Hollywood. He was shoved into obscurity by Robert Patrick. Yeah, this is this undeniable. Movie. It's literally like if you held up the celluloid strip of that scene, <laughs> yeah. you see him like fly out into the real world yeah. from that shot. Uh, what I was going to say about Furlong, and this is me commending the performance yeah. and why I think it works so well, is to have him be a little boy so far away from having to be what he needs to be in order to lead the humans yeah. Yeah. and have the glimpses is yeah. the best way he could ever be portrayed on screen. Yeah, that's why Stahl's performance suffers. I think Stahl's... Like, this guy's supposed to be a fucking... Stahl's like on, weirdly man. the opposite where like, I think objectively it's a good performance, but it doesn't really work for the movie because you need him to be a little more powerful at that point in his life. Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, Can I also say we want to talk about just the beginning of this movie? Because yeah. something you guys talk about a lot with high concept movies that you've done of the explaining to the audience what's going on as quickly as possible. Yeah. And I think this movie and Terminator 1 mm-hmm. do it really quickly, really well, and cleanly. Like, I was a child watching this movie who had no idea Terminator 1 existed. And from the first... Yeah, right, but you get it. From that opening Linda Hamilton, like, three sentences... It's amazing. Totally get it. Yeah, yeah. It's true. Totally get everything that's going yeah. on. Can we talk about Linda Hamilton? Let's let's go through, I mean, the movie into this, because this is what I love is, like, he gets the exposition shit out of the way so early on, literally yeah. in the opening credits sequence, mm-hmm. right? Like, before the credits and during yeah. is, like, that's all this shit. And opening with traffic, too. That first shot oh. of the traffic is yeah. so great. Yep. Well, it's like, the yeah, it goes from, like, the, the endoskeleton's head to then it looks like shutters, <laughs> yeah. and then yep. it's like, oh, no, this is the great of a truck. Yeah. Uh, just like a fucking elegant filmmaking. But um, <laughs> this movie is so operatic, and there's this thing I love because, like, I, we were saying right before we recorded, like, once Cameron makes Aliens, he, like, goes big and he never goes home. Like, every film is done on sort of this epic operatic scale. And there's, like, a confidence, you know, which is tied to, like, Cameron's notorious, like, arrogance and single-mindedness and getting done what he wants, the way he wants it, uh, that, like, the movie just starts and it's like, fucking trust me, I know where we're going. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to ask for directions. I know where I'm going. Because it takes an hour for fucking John Connor, Sarah mm-hmm. Connor, and the Terminator be in the same room. And there's very little exposition there because they've set up the world building stuff. It's like he wants to put all the pieces on the board. Yeah, in he's terms introducing of all three. The yeah. story elements, yeah. emotionally what's at play, you right. know, the stakes, like all of this. It takes fucking forever, but you're watching it wrapped because every scene is innately dramatic, yep. you know, intriguing. Bad mm-hmm. to the bone. It, really every bad, to the, bad to the bone. Yeah, we don't even have that much action until like, I mean, when the two of them come face to face at like 40 minutes in. You're talking about the Schwarzenegger uh, and the two Terminators. Yeah. 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 It's like 37, I guess. I think. But yeah. they're setting up like kind of four characters simultaneously that all get into the same space at the hour mark. Yeah. And like you look at something like, you know, I mean, I love Inception, but Inception has to spend that hour setting up the rules of the universe. Yeah. Before it can have fun for the next hour and a half. But an issue I have with Inception is that I think it over explains what is happening. I think so too. I, I think I agree with that you. movie is not as complicated as the movie thinks it is. I think they could have cut it by 25%. But I, th- I don't think this does. I think even like a good example of what I'm talking about in this in Terminator 2 is yeah. he is able to show 
the powers, the abilities of the ter- of both Terminators yeah. separately quickly and with no without the Terminator. Sure don't tell. Yeah. There's so little exposition in this way. I mean, once yeah. you get past the opening, it really is like it's taking a while to set up because it's good storytelling. Like he's telling you a story and all of these elements are important and he's yeah. showing them to you. Yeah. But like it, it isn't really until you get to like the Dyson shit where it starts having to explain shit again. Yeah. But the rules of the universe are so cleanly established, whether or not you've seen the first one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so fucking opening, Future War, Sarah Connor voiceover, sets it up. Future War looks fucking unbelievable here. This time they really, they yeah. really You went see all some out. extra some extra frog so skin in this. Yeah. The lights go down, TriStar pictures. Here comes the Pegasus, and then Cameron unzips fly and takes out his dick. And he's like, I got eighty-eight million dollars. <laughs> And now we have fucking hunter killers flying in the sky. And, you know, as opposed to, like, the beautiful stop-motion herky-jerky endoskeleton. Yeah, which I like as one. well. Sure. I love, too. Right. And then you have the rod puppet when it's only the upper body. Now you have this unbelievable shot where it's, like, stomping on the skull, skull crushed, and then, like, fucking tilt up. And here's this fucking Terminator that's actually, like, moving and giving a performance, you know? Yeah. Is, like, tilting his head and has, like, A weird character. grin. Yeah. A uh, weird... Right, so he's just letting you know, like, okay, n- next level. Yeah. We're going. We're going here. Yeah. And then you go into, like, fucking fire, opening credits under and over fire, mm-hmm. and then just the skull slowly coming closer and closer so to great. you. So great. And yeah. it's just a promise that's like, hold on, I'm going to get you there. And then we just go to a truck, and the movie just, like, takes its time putting the pieces in place. Yes. Here's the thing we've seen before. Naked buff guy lands in a parking lot. <laughs> but still looks good. What were you going to say? I was going to say that uh, I think a good effect, and you see this in the oh, even from the opening bar scene where he has that fight, the effect of one person not grimacing during a fight scene, really eff- you immediately go, oh, this feels different. Yeah. Like the way, even like him, like when he like sits up. He oh, I get what like, you're saying. Yeah, yeah he doesn't yeah. like, he's like, ugh, like yeah. you see so often that's in like so movie fights. He's, I mean, well, and that's the key to like he's the so strength cool. of Arnold Schwarzenegger is that he is not innately an actor, you know, that he is a physical presence. Yeah. yeah. He is like okay. an athlete. Do you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. And the way he tackles scenes is like an athlete, like objective of like, what do I need to do here? I guess so. so. like if you're an actor and you come from like a psychological mindset of trying to explore your character, it's very hard to be like, how do I not grimace here because I'm trying to play it real and be organic. Mm-hmm. No, but but Whereas playing it real is him not grimacing. Exactly. Yeah. But I'm saying it's, it's, I, it's mm, he's perfect I in this Arnold, because it's like, hey, just sit up and don't grimace. And I was like, okay, got it. You know? Yeah. I think Arnold's a better actor than you're giving him credit for. And, but I think the physical presence thing is important because we buy that he doesn't grimace. It's more okay. what it, he's, he doesn't look like he'd need to grimace. Like. Yeah. If it was Michael Bean, we we might not buy it. Like yeah. when a knife mm-hmm. goes in his flesh, that he wouldn't like have some reaction. I watched it's, it's perfect. I watched this movie with my beloved Amazon X-ray, and oh, there was a trivia fact perfect. that I hadn't heard Mighty. before. Go ahead. Uh, when they did his makeup, not even like the special effects makeup, but like before he's damaged at all, Schwarzenegger. I think they did this for Robert Patrick too, but definitely for Schwarzenegger, and especially you can see it in that opening scene where he's like totally naked. Um, just his basic like foundation kind of makeup. They mixed uh, KY Jelly into the makeup, mm. so he has this weird sheen. Mm. He's mm. got this kind of rubbery Fresh thing. Fresh out of the box. Going on. He really does look, like, very mint, you know? <laughs> and we talked about, like... Mint. We talked about in our Terminator episode this weird thing where, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger is kind of the least sexual person in the world. Is objectively just a beautiful object. Mm-hmm. And especially in this scene, the bar, when it's like, okay, they got a budget now. They have a hair guy. His hair's immaculate. Yeah. 
They got the makeup on him. Yeah, he looks better in this movie. The angles He's of also him are better just dressed. insane. The sunglasses looks, are perfect. He looks like sharp and square yes. and robotic. Yeah, it's I mean, like, like immaculate. That poster is, um, you know, it's, it's undeniable. Insane. Like, I mean, yeah, every, every bit accessory he gets, everything is perfectly. That poster, we're looking at just the classic, like, the Schwarzenegger blue sheen yeah. him on the, on the motorcycle with the shotgun. Gets at my favorite thing I've ever heard anyone say about Arnold. Which is like he's the only actor whose name could actually fill a poster. Right, <laughs> like it felt so important yeah. when there was a movie and it was just Schwarzenegger, and it was like they had to take four like shots at the poster before they could format the full name in there. Um, but yeah, he just looks incredible. Yeah, and he's just still focused, minimal. Um, I love the detail of like the guy he steals the biker clothes from. They're not. Like they look kind of loose and shitty on him, right? Right, but like they, they fit Arnold tailored thing. it perfectly to Arnold's <laughs> yeah. body. So when it's on the guy, it just looks like that's just some fucking sleazy biker. <laughs> and then because the guy's smaller than him, it makes him look unbelievable when yeah. he puts it. He on. looks great. Yeah. One complaint I've heard about this movie, okay, which I hear it, but it doesn't hurt the film for me. Sure. Uh, Jesse Vandenberg, uh, friend, okay, uh, says that he likes Terminator One more. Uh-huh. Not just because of Get this, to the criticism. this is one thing he likes more about Terminator 1 is that the badass look is developed organically story point by story point. This is a silly criticism. I dismiss it. The hair gets burned off. That's why it's spiky. Why does he wear the sunglasses? Because the eyes damn it. The leather jackets are placed for the tech noir thing. Whereas this movie, he enters and he right. looks like badass but Terminator 2. The Terminator 1 is about a unfeeling kind of like roadblock mm-hmm. of a thing that's just sort of moving through scenes. Yeah. Terminator 2, the idea is that he's a developing organism. Like, as he tells John, you know. Yeah. So it's like, he like wants to put on the sunglasses. Why does he want to put on the sunglasses? Yeah. I don't know. Like, But like, there's like weird little like hints of personality to him. Also, here's my kind of argument. It looks fucking cool. Yeah, here's my yeah, kind of argument. Stop being a fucking dork. Hey, hey! Jesse should stop being a dork. He should stop being a dork. Yeah. Anyway, Terminator 2. So we have Arnie. We've we've introduced the T-800. Okay, that's that, that piece is on the game board. Boop. John Connor. Edward Furlong. Does he come in before the T-1000? I can't remember. Okay. I, can you guys remember? I just I just watched, watched this it. yesterday, yeah. too. It's hard to remember because we've seen it so many times. We just know all the scenes. Yes. Right. I can't remember, but you know, so, all right, well, we can talk about the T-1000. I mean, we talked about John Connor, so, but yeah. just, John Connor, you know, we, we get that this is John Connor, if we've seen Terminator, we get that he's some he's, sort of messiah figure, but he's, he's angry, angry he's little boy, he's got a little yeah. scooter, foster parents, like, he hacks into ATMs, played by Vasquez, in so, one of the oh, coolest, oh, yeah, well, like, Vasquez plays yeah. his foster mom, yeah, right, yeah. Which I oh, just yeah, love yeah, yeah. because it's like here she's playing more like who she is in real life. Like Vasquez was such a weird, like Lon Chaney transformative performance mm-hmm. that like you can't even register that this is the same actress because like if you've seen Aliens first, you'd be like, well, that just must be who she is. Yeah. They just found Vasquez. Right, right. Uh, nope. But it's, no, it's Jeanette, Jeanette Goldstein. Goldstein. We talked about her last yeah. week. She's amazing. <laughs> she's got a big bra store and she's great. Yeah, Jeanette Bra. Uh, Jeanette Bra. Alphabet starts at D. So are we talking about Robert Patrick? So, okay, so yeah, but John, blah, 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 we got him, right. He's, Robert He's Patrick. a brat. He's fucking badass. Yeah. Uh, I was him for Halloween one year. They of established course. that in the film. You'd be great. Yeah, they established that. I remember film. that. Pub- you used to have that, that same Public Enemy t-shirt. I still do. Yeah, I remember I've, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, Army Jacket. Did you buy it for the costume, or did you just have it? I bought it for the costume, but it was a dual purpose. I mean, I was, like, really into Public Enemy, and I love Terminator 2, so I was like, oh, I'll buy this for the costume, and then I'll wear it all the time. And I wore it all the time. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I mean, all the elements I bought for my John Connor costume, I just wore every day in different configurations. I did the army jacket for a long fucking time. Yeah, I remember time. that too. Like, I just, and I had long hair. It was not good, but I, like, did the fucking flip, whatever. Um, my, like, curly-haired version of that. Uh, I was just like, fucking, when I was a kid, it was just like, this guy rules. Like, and the thing that's I love about say, him. Sorry, you need him, and yes. that's why another reason Furlong is so good. Is because yeah. this is going to be a movie that's more appealing to teenagers. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And he's your way in. If and you're the a relatable thing is that he's so fucking angsty. And it's like, what if you had a Terminator? Right, right. Which is every kid's That'd be dream. Cool. Yeah. But it's also he's so angry and bratty because like the world has handed him like a, a bad deck of cards. But also as a kid, you're just like, well, I feel this way because I got hormones. Like I'm exactly. as angry as John yeah. Connor is. But I do like that yeah. idea where he's like, well, you know, I used to think my mom was, I guess, right about the end of the world because I was grown up, you know told that I, the world is ending and yeah. like that I needed to train for it and yeah. and then someone told me she's crazy so I guess yeah. she's crazy I mean I, I'm thinking about like Luke Skywalker right he's mm-hmm. annoying who yeah. Luke Skywalker oh. Luke like, Skywalker he oh. fuck that guy you know like he's well, so well, he's coming well, to get you well. he's so obnoxious initially I don't know I feel like there was something about this character that I like instantly related to I think it's of the time and like of the tone of the era yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's dramatic irony too of being like, this is the most noble man, the most selfless mm-hmm. man, the man who leads humanity. And then you introduce him, and he's like, eh, like yeah. he's like a little Bart Simpson, you know? He's very Bart Simpson. Very he says Bart no Simpson. problemo. I right? had a slingshot. Go on. <laughs> did you? Did you really? Of course I did. Oh, God, can we sell an animated series about I'm, Little Ben? <laughs> I'm trying. Yeah, yeah, Little, little Ben. ben. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to find the quote where Looked he like talks Benny. about his mom. Because there's something about the way he's, I can't find What's it. when he's hacking the ATM. Yeah. And it's like, where do you learn how to do that? It's like for my mom. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, she taught me to do all this stuff. And it's like, oh, she sounds pretty cool. And he's like, no, she's a fucking nutcase. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like yeah. she was a little cool and until then, she wouldn't stop talking about rubbits. And well, yeah, she would, <laughs> She talked a lot about rubbits. Yeah. And then we, we, we'll get to this later, but I love that when they link back up, he's like the only person who can reach her at all. Yeah. Like. And even then, only halfway. You know, she's, she's been trained to not trust anybody, right? I mean, but like, and he'll be like, "We gotta be more constructive," or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. like, Blow them all up, or whatever. You know. Anyway, we'll get to her. No, yeah, I don't. Not to jump the gun, but I think this is an incredible mother-son movie. Oh it's yeah, a good which like there aren't movie. enough of. There are some, yeah. but like most of them made by James Cameron. Yeah, uh, yeah. but to Robert Patrick, yeah, who we now see, T-1000. I one thousand the T one thousand. I think I feel bad for Robert Patrick watching this. Why? Because I think the other, especially Hamilton and Schwarzenegger performances are remembered so much from this. Yeah. Robert Patrick is great. Incredible. I, I might, I just want, he's pretty well remembered for this movie. I feel like it's his, like the thing he's remembered but for. No, I yeah. mean, yes, yes, yes. I think, I, I get what you're saying that movie. he didn't necessarily have, it didn't give him the career boost it should have. Yeah, this is the thing he's most famous for. Yeah. It's not playing Doggett on season eight of The X-Files, you know? Well, what's weird hey, he's, is- He's great. I love Doggett. He's good. Not, 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 not knocking Doggett. Right. No, no one's knocking Doggett. Let's <laughs> be clear. He's in the CBS show The Unit. Oh, yeah? Now he's in the CBS show Scorpion. Scorpion. <laughs> um, it is kind of a thing where, like, and I think actually the same thing happened to Jeanette Goldstein with Aliens. I was listening to, a lot of our fans oh, also listened I was to the, there, I, was uh, there I was there too episodes. I told you really amazing. That's a great episode. Yes. Um, but uh, it, it kind of hurt her that she assimilated this right. role so well where, like, Schwarzenegger somehow figured out how to turn the Terminator into, like, a movie star and apply that persona into different characters, yeah. right? But Robert Patrick, like, wasn't an action star. He was, like, a character actor. Hmm. And he, like, absorbed this role so well 
And then, like, to the detriment of, I think, to a degree, like, he never stopped working, but he always just kind of became, like, a guy because it was like, well, how do you do that and something else? Yeah. You know? And it was just like, well, because he's a good actor. If you give him anything, he'll figure out how to do it. He made a lot of shitty movies. Oh, he yeah. just made Broken Fire in the Sky, Double Dragon, Striptease, Zero Tolerance, That's Copland. He, he might just sort of cash out. He might just sort I think of he just the money He's a heavy. Like he's a great he's heavy. A heavy. He was like a heavy through the 90s. But this is such a I think precise, the other problem is like, in this balletic, movie, he looks yeah. like a Cadillac, he, like, yes. which is how Cameron described the Terminator, right? He's like so sleek. Schwarzenegger's yeah. a tank. This guy's a Cadillac. Like, right. he, and then he's aged, and he kind of looks weird now, like a grizzled old he guy. He does look weird. Yeah. You know what he's incredible in is The Sopranos. Uh, he had like a three-episode oh, guest really? star. He's fucking fantastic in that. It's basically someone who like goes in deep debt, to yeah. this, and, and Tony just like blows out his business, like, just ruins him, I mean, and he like yeah. you're, so he's just there as it's all happening. It's great. I'm always happy to see him. It's just like yeah. he was so good in this, and there was no way to translate this to another performance in a way. You know, I also think when you watch T1, yeah. and you see Schwarzenegger's performance in that, which is great, uh-huh. mm. but he's very cold, short, you know, yes. as the bad guy in this, and also making him a cop is oh. so fucking brilliant. brilliant. Well, yeah. hey, good Beyond, job T1000. Yeah, yeah, you should credit where it's due. <laughs> Yeah, the T one thousand had that decision. idea. Right. Great decision, yeah. right? But like that scene where he talks to John Connor's foster parents, mm-hmm. John. Like, yeah, I wish I could do his voice. Have you seen this boy? But it's also like he's kind of like he's not cold. He doesn't come no. off as a villain. I would trust that guy. Yeah, if yes. that guy Although has a the cop, audience is like, yeah, you know, go ahead. I mean, yeah, if that guy has a cop showed up and asked me where my foster son was. I wouldn't be like, this guy isn't a cop. He's a robot from well, the future. The and the trick he's a, yes. of the movie is like it, the until. The moment where Arnie says, get down, and then he shoots him. Right. The movie is presenting it as like, it's like, uh-oh, here's Arnie again, bad guy, right. out to get John. Yeah. And, 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 the, like, and the opening oh, and voiceover. Like, yeah. yeah. And I mean, then you're seeing yeah. Robert Patrick, and he's a cop, and he's looking for John. You're like, oh, this is the good one. Right. Now, they ruined that in the marketing, so- it's forcing it. Yeah. But it is such a fun trick that the oh, movie plays. Cool. Like, it's fun watching it play it. But even in the opening narration that um, uh, Sarah Connor does, she said, like, you know, the first attack happened when I was pregnant. The second attack happened when my son was whatever. They sent two Terminators back that time, right. one to protect, no, one two, to... Two people. Right. Right. Two uh, things. Right. And two. she said the question was, which one would get to him first? Sure. So you're already right. from the voiceover Right, you're primed for uh, yeah. the same journey. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't this movie shot... During the Rodney King, correct? Yeah, probably. Yeah, and then, I think yeah. it was shot literally. They said one of their shooting locations wasn't far. It's the biker bar. It's the, the biker the bar. The biker bar yeah. was right where the beating happened on the night that it was happening. So by the time this came out, especially in Los Angeles, yes. cop trust right. was at sure. a low. Right. You know, sure. But as it yeah. still is today. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but but there's this beautiful thing that like. The T-1000 is more advanced as a program, not just because it can do the liquid metal shit, but mm. it's a better actor. Yeah. Like, it's sure, more right, right. able to fit into normal Which society. Like and it's that. scarier. Yeah. It, makes the, it makes Robert Patrick scarier. Yeah. You know? But it has emotional range. It can play things. Yeah. I mean, what's beautiful about his performance is he's, like, almost human. Like, when he's in the scenes as a cop interviewing people and whatever, mm-hmm. it's like, he's acting friendly, but there's something a little bit off. There's a little unnerving, but Where it's not like- Where'd you get that like, bike? Yeah, that thing. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of like- But it doesn't yeah. feel like you'd be like, wait, this guy's oh, a fucking I robot. I, I get what like, you guys yeah. are saying. Yeah, because the Terminator, you're like- It's Robit, by the way. I'm sorry, Robit. And even when he has to, obviously, he has to, he plays other people a lot. Yeah. More than, I mean, the Terminator, I think in Terminator 1 has one scene mm-hmm. where he does the voice copying on the phone. Yeah. The T-1000 legitimately, like- Turns into people. Turns into people. He's chopping celery. That's my favorite scene, is that 
the when T-1000 the phone, has yeah. to cut celery and pretend to be a mom for mm-hmm. God knows how long. Yeah. yeah. God right. knows how Waiting long he's- Waiting for the phone to ring or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Well, and Jeanette Goldstein talks about in that podcast episode that she like worked with Robert Patrick. Mm-hmm. And I think he did that with every other actor who had to play a version of him where he was like, this is what I'm doing. Here's how I figured sure. it out. These mm-hmm. are my tricks. Right. So everyone, it is a very cohesive like performance across it all really the is. other versions. I know. The, of when, the whenever the, he shifts into another body, yeah, they do. They match. Yeah. It's nice. And just sort of the very slight. Robert. I mean, he has such control of movement in that part. Oh, oh the finger wave. The fingers on no, the way he like brings it up, he's like, yeah. It's balletic. It's and like very, very like. Balletic. Yeah. Terrifying. Terrifying. A terrifying villain. It's one of the best villains. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, this fucking movie. Okay, so then that's him. Then there's Sarah Connor. Oh, Linda favorite. Hamilton. My favorite. In the role of... Now, in between yeah. The Terminator and Terminator 2, yeah. Linda Hamilton had been on the show Beauty and the Beast. With Ron Perlman. With Ri- Ron Perlman. Written by George R. R. Martin. Hey! Um, among other people. Yeah. Having um, some nice sewer love. Yeah, she got a couple Emmy nominations, but it was oh. always a cult show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, that's kind of it. Like... She wasn't a star at all. Yeah. Like, I also looked up after this because I watched this movie again. I'm like, this. She is... makes one hit movie after. I mean, <sighs> one big movie after. It's this. such a good was, fucking was performance. Volcano. Dante's Peak. Peak. I always get the. Go and she's also in a what's that terrible Jim Belushi movie where he goes back in time. Oh, I mean, Mr. Wonderful. Great. Mr. Destiny. Mi- Mr. Mr. Destiny. Destiny. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, how could she have not translated this? It's insane. Into something. She's a tough. She's a tough one. I don't know. I don't know. It's an interesting it's question. Such a good performance. Well, I think like... she had a lot of drama in her life, and so that was part of uh-huh. it. And she was on a show, so shows are time consuming. Right. So right. she got kind of sucked into the show. But but after this, you feel like you know she should have gotten mm-hmm. some sort of Sigourney post Aliens boot. Yeah, there's. But Sigourney was already famous. That's what I'm saying. Not yeah. the same boost because Sigourney already Sigourney, had like, like Mark. Yeah, like yeah. But you but, just like, imagine that she would have. And it's like weird that like in Dante's Peak, she's like not the the badass. You know what I'm no, saying? No, she's kind of just yeah, person. Like Sigourney didn't play a badass she's every in, like, time. A pantsuit, right? After Aliens, but it was like they never let her do anything like this ever again. And it's incredible. Like you watch this, and it's even just there's the moment. When she's sort of planning her breakout of mm. from the uh, the hospital, the psychiatric hospital, and there's like the nightstick on the ground, and the way she just sort of like picks it up and tucks it under her arm Ugh. without missing a beat, you know, just moving forward. She's like a fucking like black ops agent. In this she's movie. also in incredible, she's incredible. shape, unbelievable. Yeah, she like looks very athletic. But then it is like a human performance. You yeah. know, it's like she has her moments of vulnerability, mm-hmm. her moments of warmth. I mean, it's like it, it's an amazing like. I agree. Yeah. I'm just reading about her career or her life, and it's yeah. tough. She has like bipolar disorder. Really? She broke up. I mean, we talked about Bruce Abbott and uh-huh. the guy who left her, and then she moved in with James Cameron, and they had a child, but then they, they broke up as well. You know. Didn't get married until years later, and then he left her when she was pregnant with the other Though kid, she right? got 50 million bucks in the divorce. Right. Good job, Well, Linda. hey, that's not as bad. Uh, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> well, well, you know, yeah, maybe not. Not everyone's going to be a movie no, star but forever. The most, <laughs> uh, just the most interesting detail yeah. is uh, Hamilton has described herself as a Democrat, but she did vote for Arnold Schwarzenegger wow. in the governorship. I mean, who can blame her? Uh, oh, boy. Hey, if I had lived in California, I might have I would have voted for him twice. She should have voted for him the first time. I mean, not voted against him the first time and for him the second time, mirroring the Terminator arc. You know, Sam, is... will you allow me? Yeah. Five comedy points, <laughs> David. I know Pat's not here and we're trying to play. You Do you remember the when there was that really brief period of time after he got elected governor where they were like, is there going to be a constitutional amendment to allow him to run for president? 
Oh, yeah. There was like a few weeks yeah, where sure. we thought about doing yeah. that. Hardcore. But yeah. then we didn't, and then it was a did. great decision. It was a great decision. Yeah. In fact, uh, if anything, we maybe should have made it harder to run for president. <laughs> I think that's what we're learning right now. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but e- e- getting back to Terminator 2. Yeah. Even that first shot in the insane asylum of her yeah. is like so, like you're already so into this Is character. the first shot of her like doing chin-ups or- uh, So did you guys watch the director's cut yes. or the regular? Okay. I watched the director. I've always I think I the... watched the regular one. I know- Did it have the Kyle Reese scene or not? It did have the Kyle Reese scene. Okay, the that's the director's cut. cut. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, first the, thing the, is- the, the, the original the cut is kind of hard to come across at this point. I think they yeah. want you to see the director. Yeah, it's the pull-ups and then you don't see her yeah, face right. until she spins around and the, goes, how's your leg or whatever that line the is. The whole- Mental hospital part of it is so fucking good. Oh yeah, like all the details, like you know but the way she's being. They take their time. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Like that like, they yeah. lay it all out for you. Like yeah, the way that guard like clangs his nightstick along the wall. Like yeah. all these things are, like burned in my brain. The interview scene. The interview scene where she is so trying. Good. Where she's like, "Well, you said that if I like, right, did right. this, that yeah. I would be able." To, and you're like, you know, she's just like boiling. Right. Well, the fact that it's Dr. Silberman, again, is incredible. Yeah, because he could so easily made it a new doctor, but the fact that, like, there's that amazing well, he's moment. Like, in she's the first my fucking meal ticket. Right. Look at this crazy person. Yeah. Right. yeah. Right. And that he's just sort of tracked her down, and it's like, okay, yes, of course they would want to institutionalize her because she's, like, trying to blow up computer companies. Yeah. And she, like, is talking about future robots. But I also love the idea that he was like, I'm not letting her get away. If someone's institutionalizing her, it's me because she's the one sure. I've been looking for. And how satisfying is that oh. moment when Robert Patrick walks through the bars and the doctor sees it and the oh, cigarette God. falls out of his cigarette mouth. No, it's And best. you're like, that is so, fu-. especially uh. watching T1 right before it, you're like, yeah. that's so fucking satisfying. Now, but here's the thing. Fuck you. In James Cameron yeah. movies, everything matters. Everything's yeah. very satisfying. Yeah. Too. yeah. Like, Ugh. everything is, except for in The Abyss, which is what's so crazy about The Abyss. But like, everything's building to yeah. satisfying payoff. Right. Like even like little mini payoffs like yeah, that yeah. one, which is so good. Yeah, and that's his oh, last no shot way. in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Is he's like, in T three, right? He is. He's really good in it. Yeah, I'm trying because he's like crazy in T three, right? Yeah, it's yeah. been Chris Hardwick's in T three. Correct. Yeah, points. <laughs> no comedy points, but points. Yeah, just points. Um, there is just like a thing where I was watching this and I was like, you know, any other director, especially doing a sequel where it's like, I got the audience in the pocket, they just want me to play the hits, right? Mm-hmm. Because like Cameron gets ambitious with his sequels, whether it's his own film he's sequelizing or someone else's. Sure. He gets ambitious. He moves laterally. He throws it off the hump, you know? Um, it doesn't just give people the same thing again. Mm-hmm. Um, when he parallels stuff, it's sort of to get at a larger point, to connect the films even with their disparate elements. Um, and I was just like, anyone else making this kind of movie would have had one two-minute scene in the insane asylum before the Terminator Before, show yeah, he breaks her out or whatever. And you yeah. get, like, six of them, where it's, like, you just flash in, like, especially in the director's cut where you have the Kyle Reese thing, and it's, mm-hmm. like, okay, she still is human. Which you know? is honestly, yeah, it's an interesting, it's not the most necessary scene. I, I can see why they clunky. cut it. It's a little yeah. clunky just because you're so into what's happening in the thing. Like, you barely even need to be reminded of Kyle Reese. You know what I mean? Like, you're like... Yeah, the weird thing is... He, like, he was never really her equal anyway. No, of course like, not. And we're already, like, we're like, great, Sarah Connor's the best... I love this. Yeah. I kind of prefer watching the theatrical edition and knowing that that scene exists in the back of my mind. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So yeah. I have that for the additional color, but I don't really love the scene in and of itself. That was, is that Michael Bean's last work with James Cameron? Yes, it is. Poor guy. Yeah. I also just forgot how dream heavy both these movies are. Oh, yeah. Well, her big dream. Oof. Yeah. Like oh, the, the, nuclear... the, the nuke dream. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. But you get like all of that and you see, oh, God, it's so good. 
I, I mean, and here's the thing, okay? In terms of, like, shit matters in James Cameron movies, like, things pay off. He also just understands cinematic language so much, but also the language of storytelling and expectations and how people process things when they're watching them. And you look at, like, okay, he's going to have the creepy guard who already has been proven to be a piece of shit mm-hmm. yeah. lick her face because he thinks she's catatonic, and that's how much of a creep he is. Sure. And that's because he wants to have a scene where the two Terminators come in and they have to knock guys down and you don't feel bad for the guys. Yes, that you is know? true. Right. Because we've already had the thing in the parking lot where the two guys are like trying to break up the fight and you feel bad for those guys. <laughs> yeah. And they that works in the movie. Wrong. I don't feel bad for him. What? Fuck them. Fuck those guys. They didn't do anything wrong. Nah. All lives matter. No. Uh, oh, no. God. No. That's I not was, funny. That was like a double reverse joke. Oh, God. That was like a double reverse you joke. You receive no comedy points. That's Correct. fine. All right, let's pick up like that didn't happen. But, Ben, can you copy-paste that and play it two times in a row? Sure, no problem. Thank you. And we're back. Um, I just think about always as the counterpoint. The, ben, the, don't do that. The fucking thing with the assistant. Ben, do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing with the assistant, uh, hashtag Ben Lives Matter. Uh, the oh. thing. Play that twice. Uh, the thing with the assistant. How are your father's finances? Great. They've leveled up <laughs> after I gave him a major loan. Um, the thing. Ben, keep that in. Yeah. Ben, play uh, it three times. Okay. Uh, play it again, Sam. Play it again, Ben. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, and we're back. The thing, <laughs> the thing in Jurassic World with the fucking assistant. Right? Oh, God. Where she's like made Let's a ragdoll love with the fucking yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. pterodactyl. Pterodactyl. Yeah. Pterodactyl. Jesus Christ. The pterodactyl and everything. Taruk the first flight. Taruk the first flight. Uh, never forget. <laughs> it's so loopy. Um, <laughs> the, the thing. When, when Colin uh, Trevorrow had to defend that in interviews, people were like, why did he fucking. Why did she get eviscerated that hard? He was like. Well, I like playing with the expectations because we're used to like if there's a bad guy, he's gonna get it really bad. And if someone's okay. innocent, sure, Colin. Okay, you know I get the trope you're talking about. But if you're making a movie that's painting in such broad yeah, strokes, it's a fucking tropey movie. It's not a Come subversive on, movie it's when you do that. Jurassic World, right? The messaging you're giving us is she's a shitty person. She deserves to die. Yeah. If you didn't think it's she a was Hollywood bad, movie. I'm telling you that she was bad. Like if you want to fuck with the thing, then set the whole movie in the control room. We right. never see a dinosaur. Right. They're just flashing dots uh, on a screen. Right. That'd be, just, that would be a Jurassic Park. Jake movie. Johnson and uh, uh, Laura Lapka's Lauren Rapka's freaking out. But that's and Vincent D'Onofrio comes to him and he's like, what's going on in here? And then he leaves. That is the only moment I like in that film, which it has been confirmed was an improv edition by Jake Johnson. It was written differently, mm. is the scene where he has the romantic speech to Lauren Lapkus yeah. and tries to kiss yeah. her. That's the only interesting concept in that movie is, oh, what if everyone in this situation thinks they're the lead of a Jurassic Park Sure, movie? right, right, right. You know, like the mm. guy in the tech room thinks yeah. that he's Alan Grant. Vincent D'Onofrio thinks that he's Alan Grant. Right. Yeah. Um, Vincent D'Onofrio is in that movie. Yeah. yeah, but I just lo- like he just understands like it, this film. It's it's a theme park ride. It's a roller coaster ride. There are dips and turns, but he wants you to know like I know what I'm doing. I'm not gonna lead you astray. Follow the straight line. Yeah, you know. But you also want Sarah to really whack that guy with a nightstick, and then his like tooth pops out. It's great. But that's the thing you want, because he's like I'm gonna make it clear like that this guy deserves. No, what he's I know. Getting. I get what you're yeah. saying. All it. right. I love We're it. like in like the first 20 minutes of the movie. We've well, been no, talking the for hour an hour mark. and a half. This happens in well, hour. That's the hour. thing. It, it does. Yeah. Like yeah. we said, it's deliberate. Yeah. It's very deliberate. And well, I just such so I, well paced. I, oh, yeah. It's very well paced. I love her move of taking like the Drano out yeah. uh, in the, in the uh, so syringe and, and then creepy. sticking it in his neck yeah. and then oh. walking. 
it makes her walking him feel much more precarious because you're like, God, I don't want to see that thing like snap off in his neck. I don't like it's rules. You You understand. It's one of those things where you're like, well, what would happen if she plunged him? Sure. Right. Yeah, exactly. What would he die immediately? Yeah, would he like start vomiting? Would he die immediately? Like what? Like it just oh, it's so good. And then in her big escape scene, which she's been planning for forever, right? And Mm -hmm. we're really into it. What I love is she is so on. And then she just runs into Arnold Schwarzenegger and she just collapses on the floor, she basically. Yeah. And starts it's running. It's the best. And she's such a nightmare. In back into, yes. no, into the, the asylum. She, like, yeah. she like yeah. slides. She's like, you know what? You were right. Yeah. I'm crazy. Let yeah. me get back in. She has like a Bugs Bunny, like, yeah. never mind. And then yeah. the movie deploys its quote unquote twist, which yeah. we know, I guess. But, Come with me if you want to live. And then he, sh- like, the thing where he just, I mean, I guess he shoots him up, but the, the yeah. shot where he shoots him and the head in the elevator open. and the head splits open. Yeah. Ugh. I used to like watch that frame by frame because it was like I couldn't even believe it when I was a kid. Well, and there is that great thing where the shot when they cut to the yeah. back of his head, you can see it's about to it's pop open. It's not a properly it's, formed it, head. You know, yeah. it's not a real person's head. Right. They don't shoot it. It's movie magic. I will say, <laughs> yeah. for a movie that was made 25 years ago, Looks the great. effects in this movie look fucking great. Well, yeah, and so much of that has to do with how well thought out everything is. Yeah. I mean, like here's. Look, you know, this was the most expensive movie ever made at the time. I just grazed your hand accidentally, but okay. we're also friends and we can the do that. The film cost one hundred and two dollars. Mil- oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> million dollars. On okay. Three point five times the cost of the average film at the time, says Wikipedia. And there was sure. even a thing where like, you know, it was gonna be like seventy five and then they were like eighty eight and it kept on creeping up and everyone was like freaking out about it. Like that's you can't make a movie for that much money. But right. also especially an R rated movie, right. a sequel to a weird like Quite popular, but not blockbuster film. Oh, like, yeah. you know, I mean, it is blockbuster. You right. know what I mean. And then you cut to sixteen years later, and how do you know costs one hundred twenty million dollars? Well, look, you how know? do you know is always going to be a weird footnote <laughs> in everything. But yes. Well, how do you know that? Um, but also, every dollar of that's God. on the street. <laughs> David's really angry. I was like so happy until this moment. <laughs> Every dollar of that is on the screen. 100%. All those stunts are real. The yeah. helicopter. Yeah, apparently even there the was. helicopter under the bridge. The River, uh, guys, yeah. according to Wikipedia, there was an $11 million Gulfstream jet that was given to Arnold Schwarzenegger. And that is not on the screen. No, it's not. But that's implied in his performance. It is. That he's, You're right. he's, he's relaxed. relaxed. He's very relaxed. <laughs> he can go anywhere in his You're right. Jet. I take it back. Every night he was able to take the jet back home from set. And self-reported. He self-reported with the Gulfstream jet. Um, what I was going to say is, what I love Mm. That this movie is most expensive movie ever made, like groundbreaking use of CGI. Right. And even this just is like, the first time out of three that he's going to pull the trick of making the most expensive movie ever made. Right. Yes. Right. He does out it again. Four. With, what's the? F- They've never disclosed the Avatar budget, but there's no, no way it wasn't. The that's most what expensive. I'm going for. True Lies was also the most expensive. Oh movie right, ever and made True Lies. I forgot. About, I keep forgetting yeah. about True Lies. Sorry, yeah. True Lies. So yeah. four times. Four times. True he Lies, Titanic, and yeah. Avatar were all the most expensive. movies. Every time he makes a movie, he makes the most expensive movie ever ever made. Um. Uh, all the prosthetic stuff is amazing, the animatronic stuff and the makeup effects and whatever, but it's like the most effective T-1000 thing for me and it's the simplest and it's like fucking like you could do it in a student film is the splatters on his shirt when Mm. Arnold shoots him and that's literally just like, you know, he's walking, they cut to Arnold shooting the gun and the next cut, he's got the thing on him. Yeah. It's not animated, it's not moving, they're just in between takes, like putting taping a thing to his chest. And you could see behind the screen, behind the scenes shots oh, of yeah. him wearing that jacket, and you're like, oh, that looks shitty. Yeah. When you see it, but in the movie, right. it looks great. Looks like, he great. knows, like, what's the angle? What's the lighting? How quickly is it on screen? Yeah. You know, like that thing. It's like, it's a quick flash. All you just need to see is, like, the splash. 
Oh, this movie rolls. So then everyone links up. Yeah. Let's just move the plot along na, na, a little bit. Na, na, and they go to Mexico. Na, na, na. Then they go to Mexico. Well, there's the chase scene, and then they go to Mexico. Chase scene's okay. very cool. Where I No, the chase scene is really... The idea, Robert Patrick looks like he's running faster than he is. That's so it funny. It is it's, very cool. It's an amazing... Yeah. yeah, the way he just, like, picks up speed, even though, like, of course he can't, like, in real... It, it works. It also brings up an argument that I've had with a lot of people... And this can also be applied to later in the when he gets shattered. Yeah. Of the idea behind the metal man. Mm-hmm. And if does he need all of his metal all the time? Like remember when he has this that little bit yes. that yeah. gets absorbed into his foot? It's like, well, would he could he be okay without that? What if they had helped what if John question. Connor had kept that? Put does it he, in a is he jar. like is is Robert Patrick a little bit? How smaller? do you keep it? Because you'd have to put it in a jar. If you put it in a jar, yeah. but it'd probably be able to get out. It would just turn itself into like a little spike. It would turn yeah. into a little mini. <laughs> a little mini well, Robert Patrick. No, yeah. the real question is, if <laughs> a piece na, na. of Robert Patrick breaks off, na, does that na, piece na. have its own consciousness? That's, I mean, yes. Okay, here's what but I- But I think, no. I think you need all the code together, and that's <sighs> yeah. why it has to join back together. And that's, yeah. There's that great scene where, like, John is asking him all the questions. about like, why wouldn't he turn into a bomb? It can't be complex machinery. It's like, what about weapons? And it's like spiky things. And it's like, okay, this is getting out all the like rules of the character, the things that the audience are wondering right now. Yeah. But he also still makes a character development because it's like, well, he's a twelve year old boy. Of course, like he's gonna ask all these weird, sure. silly questions. Yeah, it, it works. It and, works. And so I well. love that he's like, you know, Skynet begins to learn exponentially. You know, he has all. It's all like he's like right. a Wikipedia entry. Right. He just he just shoots it out of his brain. Uh, uh, I was gonna say, with the exception of the tech, just because I took it so seriously, it didn't yes. want to fuck around at all. Anytime I have to run on screen, and I'm shooting something right now as we're recording at this very moment. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, <laughs> but uh, where I've had to do some running scenes, I always do the T1000 run. I always run. do the Straight fucking blades. I think it's yeah. so fucking funny. Yeah. It and it also funny. does make you look faster. Yeah, it does. Because like, it looks streamlined. Right. It, a, it makes me look like I'm better at running than I am, and B, I just always think it's the funniest thing to do. To yeah, run yeah, like yeah. you're the T-1000. Uh, but no, there's also, there's the scene where they, where Linda Hamilton chooses not to destroy him. Where he, they take the chip out of his brain. Oh, sure. Yeah. To right. upgrade him. Right. Right. Which is right. good. It just like shows that Linda Hamilton's on board. And then they yeah. go to Mexico. And this is the moment where Linda Hamilton's twin comes into play. Because the way they were able to do that scene, this is like oh, fucking the best movie shit ever. So the way that set was set up, right? You have a fake dummy of Arnold Schwarzenegger's head mm-hmm. and shoulders, like a bust of him that she's able to reach into and pull stuff out of. Sure. Standing next to that, doing the work, is Linda Hamilton's sister, her twin sister. Right. And then the mirror is actually an open frame. And on the other side of that is the real Arnold Schwarzenegger oh. and the real Linda Hamilton mirroring. That's pretty cool. That's amazing. Fucking amazing. That's amazing. Cool. And that's the thing for how much this movie costs. There's a lot of just smart, like, oh, we could just put like a. Yeah, sure. It is funny. Anytime. She's got a twin. It's a mirror. Yeah, they're yeah. like, oh, there's another one of her. Great. That'll save some money. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that, like, he spends more money than anyone else, but also if he can do something simply. That was like the big it's thing. H- in- it's hard to know with him. Like, yeah, you say the money, as you say, the money is all on screen. I can't yeah. deny that. Yeah. In Avatar, there's that one moment when Jake Sully is like wearing shorts and he gets in the wheelchair and he's got like. He's got the weird crippled. Uh, right. And feet, they're like uh, sort uh, of malnourished, mm-hmm. like, you know, no muscles or whatever. And everyone's like, oh, that's really unsettling. That like the CGI on that's amazing. And he's like, no, we like put. Uh, fucking Sam Worthington in a chair that was cut out and his legs were hidden underneath them. We had rubber legs in front of them. Yeah. Like he was literally doing like a fucking Wienerville trick, you know? 
Yeah, it's Wienerville Twix. It's well, he was a, a consultant. Twix. He was a consultant on, on Wienerville. Yeah. Well, Cameron was going to do Wienerville at first, yeah. and then he left to do True Lies, and Mark <laughs> Wiener took over. Um, but I think in the Mexico scenes, mm-hmm. this is where I had this thought of I think you get a lot of character development. It's like a little bit of like a slowdown. Yeah. Let's like develop some characters, uh, especially with Schwarzenegger and. John Connor. Yes. That's where like the Hasta La Vista baby stuff comes in. Uh-huh. The smile scene, which is my favorite fucking scene in the movie. The best. Him attempting to smile I, I is so I funny. I think I saved a picture here. Go on, it's go. so funny. It is so yeah. funny. It's great work from uh, I was like, I think that if Arnold did this performance today, he'd have a shot at an Oscar nomination. Yeah. Maybe. Also, fucking Linda Hamilton should have Linda been Hamilton it's would. Okay. I don't know that Arnie would. I think they just can't take that kind of thing. Do you seriously. guys, because I looked this up, because I yeah. figured he would be best supporting Arnold? Arnold? No. What, are you crazy? Lead? You think he'd be lead? He was so big at the time, there, there was is, no way they would second. make him support Wait a second. There's no question he wouldn't be lead. Are you fucking crazy? I don't know. Hey, of course he's hey, lead. Hey, Sam is our guest. Jesus Christ. He made the most screen time in the movie. Sam is our guest. Sorry. I got very mad. I get very mad about categories. Well, I think maybe he'd be lead. He'd I think, definitely be lead. See, I think they would have done a tricky thing and made Linda Hamilton support him. No, they campaigned her actively for lead. They really, really? tried to get her a nomination. God. She's very much a lead actor. Do you know I know. Who the I thought other... they would have tricked it. Yeah. I wrote this down. Okay. Do you know who the other lead actors were who were nominated that year? In 1991? Yeah, it's 92. You know, it's okay. the 64th Oscars, 92. Anthony Hopkins? He, that he won for Sansa Lynn. Mm-hmm. Right. For like 18 minutes of screen time. Forever. Yeah, which is insane. To- totally deserved. Yeah. Insane. But also a, a great performance. performance. No, it's a lead performance and it's totally deserved. Yeah. There's no question. He is the lead of the movie. That movie's a great the, movie. Yeah. You and watch it and man. the math doesn't check out. Like yeah. you can stop exactly. watching it and still like, no, but he's no. in all of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It yeah. feels like he's in every scene. Yeah. He's not, it's not a supporting performance. It just isn't. You um, can be timing it and be like, okay, 1754. Right, right. And then the second the movie ends, it goes up to an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Love, love him in that movie. Okay. Go on. 1992. Uh, the, these are hard. I would say these are kind of hard. Fuck. Okay. Um, is geez, do you have any guesses, David? Oh, sorry, I wasn't really 90, thinking 92 about it. Ninety-two best actor. Um, uh, is that JFK year? Uh, yes. So Costner is not nominated. No, no, he's not nominated. Weird. Tommy Lee Jones is for supporting. Right. Weird. No, I always forget that he wasn't nominated. Uh, he, yeah. Who were the other guys? Hanks didn't have a. Uh, no. No. Okay, oh, Jesus. Uh, it's the Bugsy year, right? Yes. Uh, Warren Beatty for Bugsy. Yep. It's he gets, uh, okay, De Niro that... for Cape Fear. Yep. Sorry, I'm just kicking into trivia mode right now. You were looking up the picture, and now you're immediately <laughs> yeah. recalling I the I can't find the picture either. It's really annoying. Okay, Cape um, Fear, It's um, Nick Nolte, Prince of Tides, <laughs> yep. and Robin Williams for <laughs> Fisher yeah, King. I mean, look, Stone we, Cold. We got Stone Cold. <laughs> Stone Cold, yeah. Uh, <laughs> which, like, I think Schwarzenegger. Sorry, Sorry, we used that to was call like David Stone Cold Sims. I'm not saying that, you know, I haven't seen Bugsy. Yeah, I, I'm not okay. saying that. I didn't find the picture, but I did. Find, <laughs> I did find my favorite poster of the year, which I saved. Halloween. It's for Tyler Perry's boo. Oh my day. It's so uh, good. It's so good. Halloween. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. My point is, good afternoon. You, so you think you? Where would you put Arnie? Would I you, would put. I would maybe. I mean, like, I didn't. I you're don't gonna love, fuck over Nolte? I don't love Robin Williams and Fisher King. Oh, I like that performance. Nolte's really good in Prince of Tide. He is. He's the best thing in a really shaky. I've never movie. seen Bugsy, so I can't speak to Warren Beatty. Beatty's good in Bugsy. It's De Niro's. I, good. I might. I might lose Beatty. De Niro's good. De Niro's, De Niro's good in Cape Fear, and it's De Niro, so no, it's no. He's. he's I, I would have lost he's Beatty. Good. I would have lost Beatty, and then Best Actress for 1992. I Jodie Foster wins. Uh, uh, Gina Davis for Thingy Majig, Thelma. You know, okay, Gina and, and, so and Susan, and yeah. uh, and they're going to be in there. Right, they're going to be in there. Who are the other two that we can? Well. Cut? I'm gonna have to look it up. Okay. 
Um, you've got Laura Dern in, in Rambling Rose, which is a very well-deserved yeah. uh, nomination for uh, like an up-and-coming actor. Yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, like, I think if mm. Schwarzenegger was ever going to mm. have a performance that could have got nominated, it was this one. Well, this, this is year. unquestionably his best performance. Yeah. It's, He's amazing. It's the movie it. that yes. weaponizes all of his strengths and agree. weaknesses and makes them all intentional. So the fifth yeah. nominee is Bette Midler in For the Boys. Oh, get that the fuck out of here. I know. I love Bette Midler. Yeah. But, I mean, she'd already been nominated for The Rose. Like, yeah. I think, I'm pretty sure she was. Uh, like, I don't think you Yeah, really, she was nominated for The Rose. I don't yeah. think you need to give no, her. No, we can get that the fuck out of there. Look, Divine Miss M, we appreciate She's all great. you've given us over the years. Linda's great. Yeah. Um, but you should, and that, and his Oscar clip should have been John Connor asking him to smile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, T2, I mean, it was nominated for six Oscars. It won four. It just, it yeah. won but all visual stuff, right? Visual, sound, cinematography, sound editing. editing. It didn't win cinematography. Editing. Right, but it got nominated, it nominated for those two. For them, yeah. yes. So those well, are like big boy those. categories. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it should have it should have been in there. You know, yeah. that was especially back in the day. They really segregated out like the sort of uh, big sci fi. That's movie. why I think today he would have had a better shot. Yeah, he might have. But that it's, is why the Aliens him best actress nomination is so like yeah, it's awesome. It's it's amazing. It's awesome. It just yeah. doesn't make sense that they it was cool weird enough then, to do that in that now. moment. Every yeah. once in a while, they have a really cool nomination, but you also you go well, they'll never win. Yeah, like the nomination's sure. great, but it's like they'll ne- they will never have the balls to give the Oscar to someone like Melissa McCarthy for Bridesmaids. Right. Well, and here's like, this is another one I think about all the time. At the time, Johnny Depp being nominated for the first Pirates of the Caribbean was so fucking cool. Yeah. And now it feels annoying because he's done it seven more times to diminishing results. You know, like yes. But at the time, it was like no, he, that's he an amazing that, yeah. performance. I feel like he almost got close. He won the SAG Who Award. Who won that no, year. Bill Murray? It was, was the Penn Bill Murray split. Uh, and Sean he Penn was won. sort of the outside. But Depp won Best Actor at SAG. Wait, Sean Penn won for sure Mystic River. That? Yes, I oh, guarantee you 100%. You might be right. I'm looking it up. There was this thing where Penn and Murray were splitting each other so much that it was like Depp could maybe sneak in. Mm. Yeah, he won. Yeah. Good for him. He should have won that year, even though now it seems like he's maybe a terrible person and that sucks or something. I don't know. It's bad. Well, yeah, Bad. it's very hard to watch those performances is. now, We're knowing depth. Yeah, knowing what we know, which I'm is talking that, about Griffin Newman. Yeah, go on, sorry. Thank you. Five comedy points. No, uh, it's it's difficult to watch, you know, those performances now, knowing as we do present day that, you know, he of course uh, would go on to make Alice through the Looking Glass. <laughs> but <laughs> I think I made that joke before on this podcast. Um, <laughs> oh boy! To go back to Schwarzenegger's <laughs> performance. The yeah. other great moment he has, I think, is towards the end when they're in the steel mill. Giant Depp's a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, five truth points. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's in the steel mill uh-huh. and he's trying to tell John to run away. Mm-hmm. And throughout the movie, he has always spoken. Mo- he's still spoken monotone, but he's like learned some. You know, he's been a little smart alecky. When he says, John, you've got to go now, he says it with a force mm-hmm. that yes. hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Like, that we haven't seen that character do. I agree. And an emphasis in speaking, you know? Well, and that's, look, I mean, this film works so well around the confines of what he can do because it's like the most human he can be is robot who's just started to become human. Yeah, yeah the most human he can be is kind of robot who's like maybe a little John Connery. Right. Like, you know, got a little sure. John Connery right. in him. Yeah. He gets but, that toot, that rude toot. A little bit of a rude toot. Escape Plan, which is by and large a, a, a pretty uninteresting movie. Sure. Has this scene in it. With John Connor? With John Connor. Where Schwarzenegger needs to distract a guard. 
So he starts speaking in his native language, pretending oh, yeah. to have a mental breakdown. It's the only okay. good scene in the movie. And okay. he's amazing in it. Sure. And you go like, wait a second. We always make fun of the fact that he's wooden and he uses it to his advantage. Right, but now you're seeing him in his natural he language. He gives this great yeah. naturalistic yeah. performance yeah. in this one scene of like a man fighting mania. And you're like, oh, he just never got over the language barrier. Like, I it's mean, very hard to did, act in another yeah, language. He, yeah, right. But it's, he never feels like a human being. He always feels like a weird heightened thing. Yes. I mean, it doesn't help that he also made a ton of movies where he is a weird heightened thing yeah. in the movie. Right. And he made right. a lot of really bad career decisions. A hundred percent. And then he was the governor of California. Which was a terrible career decision. It really hurt his movie career. It really fucked with it. You it know, really he, did. he didn't make a lot of movies. No, he did. It was weird. Weird choice. Um, but I just think it's like, for a performance given by Arnold Schwarzenegger in the English language, Terminator 2 is like, this is the way he's going to look the best. I just feel like... You know, if you're going to run for governor, you yeah. should be called the governator. I agree. Yeah. Do you remember when <laughs> everyone was like, they did this big windup of like, Arnold's about to announce his next project. He's just left office, his next project. What's it going to be? And everyone was like freaking out. And then Entertainment Weekly had the exclusive, which was Arnold's animated series called The Governator, <laughs> where he's a governor who wears a leather jacket and has a team of like four kids and a dog, and they go fight like societal crimes. I love it. I love the idea of him being in his office and being like, huh, that's a great idea. You know, like someone pitching this to him. Stanley Stan was executive producer. Wrote it. It was called The Governator. Yeah. He fucking <laughs> had a leather jacket and a team of kids, and they up. were animating it, and it got canceled because the news broke about him having the, the love child. Love child. Oh, sure. Also hurt his career. Yeah. But, like, suddenly they didn't want a thing that's, like, Arnold teaming up with kids. Um, they, like, shit-handed. They were already animating episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We are so halfway goes to Mexico. through Terminator 2. Okay. Yes. They go to Mexico, all that stuff. She has the nuclear dream Yeah. in Mexico. Which is good. Which, which is, is great. necessary. You need and to understand Good motivation. How, yeah. Exactly. How fucking driven she is by this, like, nightmare. See like, the dog again. I don't mean, like... Just the you nightmare the she has. Yeah. You do see the dog. You do again, see the, the dog German again. Shep. Yeah, the, yeah, but yeah, it's really hanging over. She can't yeah. turn it off. She's thinking about this all. And the so time. we sort of, well, yeah. So then the the movie is actually plot wise is incredibly simple. Like yeah. their whole plan is like let's just go to Cyberdyne Systems, which is going to make Skynet. Well, they, they didn't have that they, plan. That was her just going right. She just she has that dream because their plan is just to escape. I, that was my understanding, was that their plan you was... might be right. I think their plan right. is like, let's yeah, just... she sets out yeah. first, right? Like, she writes the future is not set, like, with the knife yeah. or whatever. No fate. Yeah, no fate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also That's that it, moment right. I love where she's watching the the T-800 and John Connor high-five each other, and there's, like, the... And she has the internal monologue about, like, he's got a dad now. Yeah. 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 And that's why she's okay with leaving. Right. Because she, in theory, is like kind of on a suicide mission. Basically. She's like, I don't know if I'm going to die. I forgot. It's her who decides to go to Cyberdyne to just blow everything up. And we have, of course, we've been dropping in these little moments at Cyberdyne where it's like we realize like they got, it's like a time loop thing. They got the arm from the Terminator in one. So then they could make the Terminator or whatever. uh, It really cooks your noodle, to quote the Matrix, in that. Mm Mm-hmm. If bakes your noodle. Bakes Sam and I noodle? just uh, shook hands. Is it bakes your, it's your noodle? Bake, the, 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 that's what that the oracle like, says. When do you that's bake noodles? Really bake, excuse me, are you not a Jewish man? I don't know if you are. You, I have no <laughs> yeah. idea. I, I, no, I don't Google? eat Jewish food. Yeah. I guess yeah. you bake a lasagna. Mm-hmm. Hey, bake lasagna. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you can bake some noodles. Bake ziti. You ever hear of bake ziti? Uh, yes. <laughs> you're re- we're really Tis going that after. not a noodle? We're really going after Sam right now. Yeah, and he's, he's on the ropes. He's, he's sweating. He's on the ropes. <laughs> and you can just yeah. tell Oof. that we've really devastated him. And oh. I'm proud of us for doing Excuse so. Excuse me. No, yeah. okay. Really bakes your noodle. It really bakes your noodle. Yeah. But to talk about Dyson, another 
Really great performance. Great performance, oh, Joe Morton. Oh, the great and, Joe Morton. And also, I will say that Cameron could have done this classic thing where they go, they convince him what's going on, we're going to go, we're going to destroy all your stuff. Sure. Dyson easily could have been a villain. Dyson totally. easily could have made course. that turn of yeah. like, no, I'm going to, you're telling it. me I'm going to be brilliant? No, and but gonna, his performance is, yeah, you're, it's perfect. It's like he's you a real believe guy. him. He's, yeah. a real he's guy. convinced, uh, yeah. he's genuine, and he loves science. And he yeah. loves Esipatha Merkerson. Yes. But he gets, he gets yeah. so excited when talking about it. Even when he's right. shot right. and he has the arm out, he's still like, yeah, we're going to like, the breakthroughs, things we right, never right, imagined. Right, and right. then it's he like, good. he's like, then he realizes again sure, it's what all it's going to cost. It's so good. But all from an arm? I don't know, man. Come on. I guess they have the little chip too. Yeah. He ripped it. I mean, and he also, well, he no, saw, I mean, like, it's, it's just the like, same arm too. Well, right. Which is yeah. cool. Yeah. But I just love the idea that they're like, they find this arm. They're like, arm. Interesting. We could arm the computer system. Like, yeah. I, like, how are we supposed to imagine? What I also love it's a classic time travel trope. No, but it the is. sort of yes. closed yeah. loop thing mm-hmm. of like, okay, they're trying to prevent this thing, but actually, that's what started the thing. They yeah. only were able to reverse engineer the technology sure. from the remnant of the Terminator that and they had. And of course, this is, this is all playing into what the emotional climax of the movie is going to be, which right. is well, but also. You know that he has to melt himself, but we're course, getting to that. Right, yeah. Of course, love um, it. Um, but but yeah, I know but, now why you cry. Yes, um, I know now why you cry. Mm-hmm. Um, What's wrong with your eyes? There, yes, <laughs> there is this element of like the Terminator becomes the stepdad, and yeah. when she's in the hospital, it's like she's freaking out about him being there without her. Like, right, she right. just doesn't trust. He's gonna the like world. get off the path. My son yeah. is right. out there alone, right? Scared right. or whatever. Exactly. She says, yeah. Um, and she, for the first time, is like, there's someone else who cares about my son and understands what's at stake. And can protect them. Yeah. Um, she's really good in the whole so, Mexico sequence. She right, has to so, play a lot of shades. Yeah. So she tries yeah. to shoot Dyson, and like just before she finishes the fucking job, she does shoot him. Yeah, but I love the fact that like, like she's like the hero of the movie, yeah. you know? And here's this scene that's like, Really frightening, like this it's whole invasion scene. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you imagine it from their yeah. perspective. The kid and Esther like, Merkerson. Right, it's like John Morton and Esther Merkerson are two of the most like empathetic actors. Very just, empathetic like, actors. Really good, like fucking like salt of the earth human, like behavioral actors. And now you have like Sarah Connor coming in. Linda Hamilton's like ripped. Yeah, she's like decked out in the <laughs> fucking sunglasses and the hat, and she's like armed to the nines. And she's coming in, and it's just, like, terrifying. Mm-hmm. But it is because she's assuming that he's going to be, in a way, the stock version of that character in a shittier movie. Yeah. The guy who's like, you can't derail my career. Mm-hmm. And he's like, wait, no, 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 I'm a guy. I'm a guy. I'm a normal person. Yeah. We can do this together. You know, he doesn't fucking double-cross her. He just, like, wishes that he right. could be the best scientist in the world, but right. understands what's at stake. And he wants, when they are in Cyberdyne destroying stuff, he takes the axe from Arnold. Yeah. When he only has one functional arm. Yeah. And he's like, no, I've been working on this for 10 years. Yeah. I want to be the one who destroys he it. smashes yeah. it and up. And smashes the big chip. Well, look, he's a scientist. Why do you get into science? To help the world. Yeah. So as much as it hurts him to destroy his own creation. Jesus, you guys are real boner for fucking Dr. Dyson over yeah. here. I Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah you're you talking to boner boys oh, for Dyson. What? He blew up. Oh, come on, sorry. Dave. Hey. Sorry. Also, his breathing in that scene. Oh, my God. I would never. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and his like, hand is like just yeah. sort of like hovering over the detonator. Ah, oh, yeah. it's great. Yeah, they go to blow up Cyberdyne. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool. And what they, do you think? Do you think it's cool? Movie. Yeah, it's a fucking best. Yeah. Can I say one great thing I discovered, again, watching these two movies back to back? So in the first movie, in the I'll be back scene, right? He says, I'll be back, sure. goes, Drive, drives the car. gets a car, drives into the police station. This is something I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. In the second one, he says, I'll be back, 
goes, shoots them in the kneecaps, shoots yep. them with the gas, goes, gets a, gets van, a van, drives it in, and drives it to in. To rescue him, mirroring. Never noticed that until I'll these viewings. He says it like that. Uh, yeah. But it's like, and oh, it's great. It's great. The Cyberdyne scene's really cool. It is almost comical the way he shoots just so many knees. It's and just so an incredible like, amount of knees are that's mutilated. A devastating. It's injury. very painful, I think. Yeah. I think it's, the, it's no fun. It's yeah. the second most painful place to be shot besides the stomach. Yeah. Uh, it looks fucking awful. Uh, yeah. Um, this, yeah. This movie, and then this movie's cool. You, everything, yeah, I yeah. know this is the thing. We've gone for very long, but it's like everything in the movie is cool. The, the helicopter. Gatling gun, the, the mini gun, the fucking oh. punched out window, it's, and the lights hitting him perfectly. And like blow, it's so methodical yeah. the way. And then, and he I just, just got that like shoulder duffel bag with like the fucking mm-hmm. rounds, you know. I mean, what's cool about the Terminator and about so many action heroes, right, is like that he does not seem to care that he is so awesome. Right. Yeah. Like he doesn't go like yeehaw. Is he like? He's, <laughs> it's sort of like the Matrix scene where they're all just dropping the weapons when they're done with them. Right. You know, it's like they're but like. like Methodical. Right. It's when cool. that happens in Rambo, it's like, well, this is a little gross. Well, like, in Rambo, he's supposed to be crazy. <laughs> exactly. But I'm saying, like, in this, it's like, well, it makes sense because he's a robot. He's not programmed to be self-aware. And the Matrix, robot. it's like, well, none of... He's a robot. Mm-hmm. And in the Matrix, it's like, no, this is real. It's a computer program. Like, I love that this movie, like, uh, has the sure. moral ground to be, like, he can just be fucking badass and not, like... But- I just want to say, yeah. I just love the way the T-1000 gets into the helicopter and, like, turns into a blob... And then, like, kind of blobs his oh. way through the window, and then he like yeah. turns. He gets a helmet back when he and he like talks to him while he's still in metal form. Get out! That's so cool. Which and the guy the just thing. jumps out of the helicopter. <laughs> but that's great. the same thing Schwarzenegger says in the first one. Yes. Yeah. Get out. Yeah. Which is great. Great line. Thanks, James Cameron, for your great screenplay. Yeah. Copy. You were paste. saying off mic that this is his best screenplay. I think you. I think I might agree with you. Yeah. I, I think, think like in terms of dialogue and. Yeah. Like I don't think that's I think that's his weak point as a filmmaker. It is, yeah, and I think this is like the a good like prize back. Yeah, we I love, love me some movie. aliens. We don't yeah. Ha- yeah, aliens is a good movie yeah. too. We don't have a beef with this movie. No, there is a we thing don't. for me like aliens and T two are neck and neck for my favorite Cameron movies. And Fair. anytime I'm watching one, I'm like, well, clearly this is the better one. Yeah. And then I watch the other one, I'm like, well, clearly this is. Like- I need to watch Aliens again because I think I've only seen they're it once sequels. or twice. Yeah, they're um, both sequels. That's why. That's Avatar why Two. That's the thing. Like on its face, I watch Avatar and I'm like, I like Avatar a lot. Avatars? I think it ends perfectly. I hope it's called Avatar. <laughs> it probably- There's no way it's going to be called Avatars. Avatar. Avatars. Um. Um, uh, with the dollar sign? Yeah. <laughs> on its face. That's a reference to an episode. That when that movie ends, I feel no need to go back. Much like uh, Jack Reacher, I walk out of that theater you going, never, never go, go back. back. Never go back. But then you hear that Kobe Smulders has been signed. God, if Kobe Smulders is in Avatar too? Yeah. Avatars. Yeah. Uh, what about Avacars? Well, I would love with it. Cars. Disney Pixar's Avacars. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I think the then, ponytails. I think the whole, everything after Dyson. <laughs> the cars are fun. <laughs> everything after Dyson. That yeah. whole action Very sequence. Very streamlined. Leading yeah. into the chase, leading into mm-hmm. the steel mill stuff. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so good. Just so action. clean. We didn't, wait, we didn't even talk about the fucking motorcycle chase earlier. Oh, yeah. Where he, like, grabs John Connor. Through the L.A. River. Shotgun through yeah. the L.A. River. And he's, like, cocking the gun by, like, swinging yeah. it around oh, over and over again. And also you have that part where he walks out of the fire. And it yeah. took oh. all of Terminator 1 for right. us to see Arnold without sure. the skin. Right. Yeah. And that's, like, a half hour in. Yeah, we so see cool. full metal Robert Patrick. Yeah. But, yeah, but yeah, as you were saying, yes, the chase. Chase 
the yeah. like sequence of chases that you know carry on from the Dyson. I will scenes. say this is something Griffin you told you and I talked about after Avatar uh-huh. about the way Cameron directs action, mm-hmm. which is he does it in a way where you can always tell where one character is always in relation to the others. hundred percent. He doesn't Michael Bay it, especially no. in the later Transformers films. Yeah, where you just have no idea what's going on. Yeah. You just see, it's like a flurry of yeah. action on screen. This is like clean, yeah. well-paced, thought-out action sequences. Even when the scale of it is really big. Yeah. yeah. There's a moment that in the, the L.A. River motorcycle chase mm-hmm. that I was like, this is so indicative of his entire sort of philosophy as an action filmmaker, which is you're mostly focused on John Connor and the dirt bike. The T1, dirt bike, yeah. Dirt bike. Derp. Derp bike. Yeah, it's a meme. Okay. Mm-hmm. T-1000, <laughs> Pepe. Uh, T-1000. <laughs> In the truck. Sure. Right? Yeah. Um, and that's like what you're focusing on. And uh, Arnold is on a comes, higher yeah, level. Yeah, he comes down. He's yeah. in a higher plane. Okay, but before he comes down, mm-hmm. you're like focused on cutting back and forth. Right. John Connor looking over his shoulder, T-1000 yeah. in the truck, the two vehicles together. And then he just cuts in. And it's not like a flash, like a bay, like just snippet. It's like a solid like, you know, six to eight seconds shot of just Arnold from behind on his bike at the elevated platform. And then there's the truck, and then there's the dirt bike, and you see them all in one frame. So that when, like, 30 seconds later, Arnold crashes in, you know where it is. Yeah. You don't see Arnold doing anything cool. It's actually just three vehicles maintaining the same relative distance from each other. Nothing badass is happening. He's just like, I just want you to know where everyone is. (laughs) It's just one shot, literally, where he's just like, I just want to make sure you know where everyone is. He picks the L.A. River because it's a repetitive stretch that looks the same wherever you are. Mm -hmm. You know? So if you know where they are in relation to each other on the L.A. River, there aren't twists and turns. Yeah. You know, it's not going to change as a background. It's like the fucking best. And all the little, like, in the the post-Dyson chase, a scene I forgot about, when Schwarzenegger is on the hood of the truck, just firing into the T1 through the T1000 through the windshield. It's like that's so cool. It's also it's cool. so fucking cool. It's so it's cool. Very cool. Yeah. Uh the steel mill, the steel mill is rad. It's just yeah. like an epic I looking place to have this. a final confrontation. Oh, great choice. And the colors are just unbelievable. It is. The colors are great. Yeah. I feel like when we were kids, lava was the number one killer of all things. No right? question. Because we yeah. played a lot of Super Mario and, and Sonic uh-huh. and things like that and Terminator 2. Right. It was like what if you really need to kill something? Yeah. Number one option: put it in lava. And then you and had the competing was... volcano move. Of course, yeah, yeah. The coast yeah. is toast. Right. Um, <laughs> <was the> tagline, <laughs> that was the tagline for volcano. It's the greatest tagline that ever happened. <laughs> tagline for both, I think. <laughs> no, no. Dante Speaks tagline was like, yeah, uh, that that's a daunting. I, I and you remember their tie-in, <laughs> daunting peak? Is that what you? Right. It's a daunting peak. Da- a daunting peak. Can I do it? Yeah. What ten comedy points? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you remember what the Wonder Bread tie-in was for Volcano? Shoot. The toast is cozy. <laughs> <laughs> outrageous. Uh, truly oh, outrageous. Here, here is the tagline for Dante's Peak. <laughs> I shit you not. Exploding soon. <laughs> no, no. Thank you. No. <laughs> All right. So. Oh. Uh, but then you get, again, with satisfying. Yeah. Again, with talking about satisfaction. The fight between Schwarzenegger and the T-1000 in the steel mill yeah. is everything you want to see. Yeah. It's the, the him f- getting thrown against the wall and flipping. Oh, yeah. Where he, like, flips, where Arnold punches him yeah. in the head, and it becomes his hands. It's like, oh, Great. it's all Their so Their fights good. are so cool. Yeah. I love it when they fight, and you're, it is like the sort of unstoppable force meets the immovable object shit. You know, where yeah. it's like they don't really know how to deal with each other. Like, especially in those where they grab each other, and they kind of just, like, 
swing each other around and like bang off of things. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and there's no talk. There's none of that oh. like terrible like villain one liner shit. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like they're just two robots fucking fighting each other. Okay. Robots. Two things. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Uh, no, robots. Uh, two things. Uh, one, I just want to point out that we're two hours into our episode. And the AC just got turned on. Yeah, great. Uh, second of all, dun 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 dun. Yeah. Uh, second of all, lock the gates. He unlocks the gates when he's coming down to the other river. He yeah. unlocks it with a shotgun. And here's how you know the T1000 is bad. Mm-hmm. He doesn't unlock the gates. He morphs through them. Morphs through the gates, and then he has to like pull his gun through, and it's a cool That's shot. That's how you know he's a bad guy because he doesn't unlock the gates. Got to unlock the gates you, and then lock them. You must unlock the gates. Linda Ham, I mean Sarah Connor, yeah. she locks the gates and snaps the key off. Right. That's that's locking the gates. Yeah. yeah. Well, she she's was the smart. original Mark Marin. I mean, really, if you think about it, Sarah Connor was the original <laughs> Mark Marin. She is Mark Marin. She turns the key and then she looks back at Doctor <laughs> Doctor Silverman. She goes, "So who are you guys?" <laughs> <laughs> who were your psychiatrists going up? Who are your big guys? What you got? You Freud? Young? Yeah. The young guy? I mean, when he hit the scene, that was like crazy. I remember I was working the door at the Young Institute. Um, what I was going to say is that a thing this movie does so well mm. is the whole movie, you're like, well, how are they going to fucking beat the T-1000? It's actually impossible. Like right. You're racking your brain. You're going like, there's no yeah, way to can't. stop him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they freeze him. Right. And you're like, oh, that makes sense. Oh, and even it, that didn't work. It's so cool. The right. way his like leg snaps off while I, he's trying to walk. I would argue the coolest. It's great. Uh, and then the lava thing is like, oh, of course, that's the one thing you can fucking do is like he's not going to be able to get out of there. He falls in this thing. But it's this perfect thing where it's like so many movies you're like, hey, just do that and you'll kill them. You know, it's the classic like Cowboys versus Aliens thing where mm-hmm. it's like just stab him in the stomach. The done. Weakness. Done. Right. Right. Or the thing where it's like someone's unstoppable and then it, they come up with some deuce ex machina that's like, that's bullshit. You couldn't stop him. Yeah, but you got to blow up the core. Right, you're giving them an out at the last <laughs> yeah. second. And this is like, no, you spend the whole movie going, it's impossible. And then when they present the solution to you, you're like, yeah, that's right. That's smarter than anything I could come up with. Right. But that actually totally makes sense. And from the moment he, I mean, after the freezing thing where he like comes back and reforms, they start showing that the heat is affecting him. 100%. Without Schwarzenegger having to go, oh, the heat will affect him. Yep. It's like they show where he like grabs the pole and his arm gets stuck and like yes. his feet are like melting into the ground like they're and the, those like ripples oh, that go through very him. Cool. Yes. So very cool. cool. And it's also this thing. Everything of, like, is cool. The Everything steel is mill, cool. It's a cool fucking. It, movie. I like a good vat. Go on. <laughs> 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 the steel mill looks cool. Like there are fucking like Tony Scott reasons to set it in a steel mill because you've got a lot of cool fucking like layers of visuals and whatever. Yeah. But it also is like the way they beat the T one thousand is environmental, and it could not have happened any earlier in the movie. Like, it's not like, oh, they should have fucking done that an hour ago. Yeah. The movie, they can't overcome this obstacle until finally the circumstances are They have to lead him there, right. yeah. And it is like the platonic ideal of drama, where it's like the environment, the characters, the no, story, it's all no, like fucking... And it's all so cool. Yeah, like, so just... even The, fi- wh- the oh. fact that she's finally come around to Arnie, you yeah. know, and yeah. then, but she, like, kind of has to get rid of him. I don't know, like, yeah. She's it's also great. come around to John. At that point, too, because at the mm-hmm. beginning, like right after they break out of the yeah, she won't asylum, listen to him. Yeah, yeah, she's and she's like, like, "I didn't need idiot. you to yeah. break me out," which is true. She didn't need him. She was in the yeah. middle of breaking out when they showed up, uh, and she's like, seems very cold towards him, and he's like crying. He doesn't care. And then at, by the end, in the steel mill, they're hugging. She's like trying. He, he can see her trying to protect him, and like what? And like she proves her love to him in those scenes, and know? Arnold proves his love to them. Yeah, you know. Him coming up on the conveyor belt, and also just following that rocket, that one last shot, that one last like bullet he has, the one last rocket bullet, 
from the like pickup truck chase to him picking it up to yep. him finding it again. Like, oh, so good. And also, Arnold in his final stay of the movie, the final amount of battle damage is one of the coolest looking characters yes. in history. <laughs> that is true. They, yeah. they find the perfect like mix yeah. of the exposed kneecap, yeah. the scrape across the chest the with eye. the shirt ripped one off, arm. one arm, the total eye. Yeah. It's the fucking best. And then they, they kill the guy. He can't self terminate. Well, uh, he T-1000. now knows why. He now knows why we cry. Right. And right. then he does but, the final thumbs up. But the ki- also, but it is cool when they blow up Robert Patrick. Oh yeah. and he's like this weird like puppet thing that's like, yeah, his like it. head is hanging upside yeah. down. He does look a little like a Pee-wee's Playhouse. I, I, I know that I just keep saying that everything is cool in yeah. this movie, but everything's really cool. Because well, what cool am I supposed movie. to fucking do? It's the what do you want me movie? to do? And it's a little yeah. Matrixy oh, when yeah. he falls into the vat and it like goes. His like mouth opens up. Yeah. And it, like, oh go, yeah. And it like turns him inside oh, out. Oh yeah, and he like turns into the different things he turned into. That's cool. And. Today, they would have fucking green screened everyone in. Oh, yeah. But they. Matt Goldstein says yep. in that thing, every single actor who he, like, takes the form of at right. some point was in that fucking tank. And they covered them with goo. The goo! detail I really like that she had was because they had to do so many takes and because she had to be dry at the beginning of each one that she's wearing a wig in that. So uh-huh. they could have a series of wigs. Right. right. And, like, have her drown, come back right. up, new wig, you're dried off. That is very cool. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, he, know, he does now know why we cry because he has to self terminate. Yeah. Because, you know. He's gonna miss them. He's got the, ch- but also he's got that chip in his chip. brain. They gotta get rid of him. Does that imply that, get that he chip. now feels emotion? I've thought about that line a lot because it's like, does he, that he is, understands yeah, emotion? He understands I don't think he right. feels the concept it. of emotion. I mean, he gets it because I also he intellectually watching this after having watched Star Trek: The Next Generation, I think there's a lot of oh yeah, it's a lot of data, a s- lot of data yeah. stuff, yeah, and also like a character that had exist like what because that was '89, right? That show started '87. Uh, 87, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, Data was already a beloved mm-hmm. character mm-hmm. at that point. I think they oh, incorporated yeah. some Data Fair. into him. I mean, that's sort of, I mean, now mocked thing of, like, uh, you know, why do you cry? Like, sure. What's yeah. that water coming from your face? Like, or whatever. But I also think. Are you leaking? Not that he's ripping himself off. Quite the contrary. A lot of shades of Ripley and Bishop well, in no, Alien. He, no, no, yes. no, 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 no. Yeah. He wears shades. On his face, right. sunglasses. Right, that's what you're talking about. Right. Yes. No, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. Bishop, of course. Bishop's great. Three comedy points. Thank you. Uh, really, no, but, th- but there's that same thing in Aliens where like uh, Ripley just inherently doesn't trust right. Bishop, mm-hmm. and at the end she, you know, it's yeah. like the not bad, you know, for a robot. Um, it's it's a great. It's great. It's but he, sad, yeah, it's, it's a satisfying. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Like he, he takes you home. Cameron takes you home. Satisfying movie. He gives and, you a ride and I home. Love, yeah, and her he emotional journey is at the end of this over. movie. She's like, look, maybe there's hope for us all if a robot can figure this shit out, you know? I yeah. so wish the franchise had ended. I really well, wish there was Or that James Cameron else. had made Terminator 3. Like, that, I'd be fine with that, too. I just am not fine with the what happened. But don't you think the reason James Cameron never made Terminator 3 is because he knew there was no satisfying third Terminator? Maybe, but I think it's also the Linda Hamilton show. Probably. I think there was that, and I think the other element was the rights were so fucked up for so long. And the ride is great. The ride's amazing. The if ride's the, the best. If the ride I've still exists, if anyone can go see the ride, yeah, T two. I think it's still Japan. It's there's one operating T two three D. Look it up. It's okay. really good. All right, so we should wrap up. But we should play the box office game. Okay, and then I have your favorite segment. But let's do oh, the box office game. Is it the orange twist file? Yeah, exactly. Box office. This yeah. film made. Two hundred and four million dollars domestic. Number one film of that year. 
Yes, five hundred nineteen million dollars worldwide. I know. Adjusted for today, that is four hundred twenty domestic, and uh, they don't huge. do they don't do the worldwide because they yeah. can't adjust it. Was it? Um, did it open Fourth of July weekend? It opened on Fourth of July weekend. They knew what they were doing. They knew what they were doing to number one at the box office with thirty one million dollars, which I think at the time was a record opening. Uh, no, that was the three day or the four or the five day or whatever. Thank you for asking that. Because <laughs> the four day weekend or whatever it is yeah. was fifty two million. Wow. Oh my God, in ninety one. Wow. So I didn't look at the other films, right? I sure. Because I didn't want to cheat on this, but I just looked at where you can sort of see the weekend by weekend breakdown without seeing on Box Office Mojo what the other films were. I think adjusted opening weekend would have been like eighty a hundred. Uh, you want? Do you want me to adjust? Yeah. Shall I adjust? Yeah, I think it was like just about a hundred million dollar weekend in today. One hundred and seven. Yeah, crazy. Very good job, guys. Very good. Very good. Yeah. So number one is that movie. Number two is uh, the film that was number one the previous week, a comedy sequel. Now we've never had with a hilarious title. I'll say this: we've never had a guest on who I felt like could go toe to toe. I don't know if I can do this with you. I think you have a better shot than anyone. Not else in ninety one. Okay, so ninety one. It's a comedy with a hilarious. It's a comedy sequel with a hilarious title. Is that what you said? I think it's a funny title, but it's it's messing with the with the very formula. Just I, while you think about this, I'm gonna compliment you too because I play I Elena and I have listened to this podcast yeah. together. Oh, and you play the game? I, I no, I can't. I mean, whatever. You play but the home game. Yeah, we have the board like, game. Mm-hmm. She's been tap, like, tap. I can't believe Griffin can do this. Yeah. Sometimes it's amazing what you'll pull out. Uh, it's true. Uh, I mean, you're like when it comes to, to me, movies, fun, so smart and other stuff, like I, an idiot, complete yeah. fucking People idiot. People ask me all the time, Holy like, "How do you shit. know all this?" It's like you would be. It's all. It's it's 80%. the only thing you have in your yeah, head. You'd actually yeah. be frightened if you know if you knew what I don't know. It's like the things I don't I'll know. Sit down and just think, like, how does Griffin do this? Like some <laughs> no, sort of basic life. No, thing. most it's like a, it, yeah, largely no. Ninety yeah. percent movie stuff, ten percent places to poop in NYC. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm I've got that ten percent. Do you know too. how happy I am that the tick got picked up? Because it's like I don't got a lot of options. Yeah, right. There's a couple of things I can do really right, well. So what was number two in 1991, the weekend of July 4th? I just want to point out, past guest Morgan Evans, I uh, mm. at Comic-Con, we were at a party together, yeah. and he just played a game where he picked the top 100 films of all time uh-huh. at the domestic box office. Uh-huh. And just... And would be like, this was the final total, and I could usually get it right, and if I was wrong, I was like, oh no, that was 37. Okay, so one above it was. Okay. Anyway. Good job bragging. Okay. So it's playing with the very... Hot shots part two. Not that. Good guess, though. It's not yeah. Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit, is it's it? It's not that either. So you're saying... That title is hilarious, it's of course. It's a, a hilarious the pun. When you're saying it's playing off of it, the, you're saying it incorporates the idea that it's a sequel. The joke has to it play does. off of the you fact have that a it's a two in the title. You have a guess. Is it a comma T-O-O? No. Which I don't think is funny. I don't either. And I don't want you to do it. <laughs> I was testing you and you passed. Sequels. Okay. I don't There's another sequel in this top five. Interesting. But it's not Can I ask, was there movie. a third? There was. There Is it was Look Who's Talking? No. <laughs> yeah, because he said it's not a comma T-O-O. It's not T-O-O. a T-O-O. Oh, okay, that was T-O-O. But it plays off the two. You think it is funny, the way they used the title. As a kid, I thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> okay. It's it, not that funny. Is it numeral two? Is that yes. the joke they're doing? Mm-hmm. Is in the title. Jesus Christ. It's not. I'm Okay. I almost got excited. Is it Beethoven's second? It's not. Good, oh, good guess. I think that, it's a little later. But that is worth getting excited <laughs> over. Okay, I'm going to ask you two questions. Yeah. 
Can you tell me again what the weekend gross was, and can you tell me what the final gross was on the film? Weekend gross <laughs> this week, $11 million. Final gross on this film, $86 million domestic. Not bad for a comedy sequel. Pretty good. About Pretty quadruple good. its budget. 1991, and it got a third. Got a third, but not a... F- no, just, just three. Definitely just a third. And the third also has a hilarious title playing with the very nature of its sequel. Did all three feature the same actor? Yes. David, I'm so embarrassed it took me this long to I know. what it is. I know you're embarrassed. It's Naked Gun Two and a Half, The Smell oh, of Fear. That is correct. Well done. Yes. I'm very embarrassed. That's actually my favorite I know, I of the you Naked were Gun get it. films. I think I that's think the best I of I agree. Three. I think it's the best one too. Once a year I rewatch all three and I, I'm what? always I feel like I'm close. Remind me what what's the what was the second one? The second one is Jesus Christ, I always get the plots confused. The second one is the one with Richard Griffiths. Where he's the professor. Yeah, where in the they're wheel. twins. Right. They're twins. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and all the stuff with the Queen of England. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, right. No, because the first one's the Queen Guys, of England at the game. I'm gonna okay. fucking kill you. All right. Third one's the Academy Award. Third right. one's the Oscars. Yeah. All right. Number three the is of the one of the biggest movies of that year. A huge hit, starring someone Griffin has worked with. Right. I, I was gonna guess it before you even said. I feel bad that you gave me. That I'm sorry. Right. I just wanted to mention it's Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Correct. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Everything I do, I do it for you. The cause. Um. Number four is another one of the biggest hits of the year. Okay. A hilarious nebbishy comedy that was, I believe, the first R-rated movie I ever saw. I think Ooh. it's R-rated. It's a nebbishy comedy. It's one no, the... You know what? It's not R-rated, but it was rated 15 in the UK. Interesting. Ah. But it is a PG-13. So it would have been more it objectionable made... by British standards. I guess so. Okay. It made $125 million Jeez. domestic. And it's a comedy. 179 worldwide. People forget. People remember that this movie was a hit. They forget that it was a huge hit. The actual level it was at. And like in its third week, it's made $74 million. And it's nebbishy. Is the entire sorry, tone of the- fifth week, sorry. The entire tone of the film nebbishy, the lead actor nebbishy, or both? More the lead act. It's an inc- it's a bad, the comedy is in the incongruity. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> you know, you got a nebbishy couple guys- Three guys, actually. Oh, three nebbishes. I think I know what it is. It's a sequel, right? It's not a sequel. This is the first one? Mm-hmm. But you know what it is. It's an Oscar-winning film. Oh, then I was going to get it wrong, but now let me think about it. I know exactly what it is. Yeah. I was led astray. For a second, I thought it was Three Men and a Little Lady. Sure, It sure, is not sure. that. It no. is, in fact, City Slickers. Correct. Three Men and a Little Lady didn't make that kind of cheese. No, Three Men and a Baby did. Oh, yeah. Three Men and a Baby was oh, the highest yeah. grossing film of its year. Of 1989, <laughs> Wait, right? Yeah, fucking Leonard Nimoy joined. 88, because I think Batman was 89. God That's damn it, joint. it was City Slickers? It was City Slickers. God I've damn been it. guessing that as a joke for many episodes. Oh, yeah. Ben! <laughs> it was huh. City Slickers! God damn it, I was going to say it as a lark, <laughs> and it was really the movie. All right, go on. I think it's Jake Gyllenhaal's first ever on-screen appearance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number five is a sequel. And it was definitely PG-13. I wonder why the Brits had such a tough time it's, with that Maybe movie. they say fuck a couple times. That's what it was. It's too American for them. <laughs> yeah, right. Because yeah. there's a cow birth scene. <laughs> there is a cow birth. I have not seen it since I saw yeah. it when I was like, oh, 10 years old. British censors right. uh, hate cow vagina. Jack that was Palin, the speaking biggest. of Oscars. Yeah. Best well, that's I said it won an Oscar. Yeah, said it won yeah. an Oscar. Um, so number five is a sequel to a comedy movie. I never saw these movies. They always freaked me out when I was a kid. The <laughs> uh, the video, the, the, the poster. This is fascinating that three out of the five are comedies. Hey. It was a funny time in America. Murder had, was at an all-time high. 91 people went to laugh. <laughs> yeah. the, the L.A. like fucking riots had just happened. Three out of the five, and all of them were franchises. I mean, they're two city slickers. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this one is not a franchise. This is okay. that maybe trying to make a franchise. I mean, honestly, which is the, sort of the same that happened to city slickers. I mean, right. nobody really wanted to know what the legend of Curly's Gold was. I thought I did until I found out. <laughs> 
I was proven wrong. Right, yeah, exactly. Well, no one, I mean, the person who looked at that movie was like, this needs Lovitz. Yeah. Right. Like, he made a big yeah. mistake. Yeah, they, they took a bad turn the second they lost Bruno Kirby. So, I, I've never okay. seen either of these movies. I don't know. There, so, there are two of them. This is a sequel. This I is told the you. second one. It's a comedy. Okay. You don't like it. But I've never seen them. I just, I just don't like it. <laughs> like I just sort of would upset me. No, I get it. Okay, uh, and I, I, can I tell? Give me you. the numbers again. Give me the numbers again. Oh fuck! Uh, this made five million in its opening weekend and twenty five total. Oh, so the sequel, fucking belly flop. No way, Jose. And when was the first one? From? I'll tell you this: this movie was written by the people who went on to create American Crime Story: The People versus O.J. Simpson, Scott Alexander, and Larry Karaszewski. Is it one of the problem child pictures? It's Problem Child 2. You got it. I think there was a Problem Child 3. I'm looking that up. I think it went maybe straight to video, but I believe there was a Problem Child 3. That was the whole thing, was that like uh, when, when they wrote Ed Wood. Junior in Love, but it was a TV. Movie. Okay. Is um, Clifford part of the Problem Child franchise? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Isn't Martin Child Short's universe? Clifford yeah. in the... Uh... How dare you, sir? <laughs> that is a fantastic movie. Hey, hey, Ben. Sam I like Charles Grodin Sam is our lot. guest. I do too. We I all love Charles Grodin. I wasn't saying it was bad. I was I asking if it was in the Mason. universe. Some other movies in the top ten. <laughs> the Rocketeer. Oh, uh, hey. cult classic. Oh. Dying Young. Oh. Um, yeah. No, no, nothing. With, yeah. uh, with old Julie Robbs which, and Campbell Scotts. Let's not forget. Which we did talk about on their singles episode. Yes. Premier Magazine famously predicted it would be the highest grossing film of the summer. It wasn't. No. <laughs> they guessed it would outgross all of the films we've already discussed. Backdraft. Hey. Ron Howard Fireman Joint. Ooh. Howie soap Long. Dish. Howie Long. Another Crystal. Hey. Yeah. I like Soap Dish. No, guys. wait. Crystal's not in that. Guys. No, you're thinking Crystal's soap. soap. Right. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. It's been like two hours almost. I know. I know. Yeah. I know. And Thelma and Louise is in there. I know. We're done. We're, we're done. done. What's your What's your dumb segment you want to do? Merchandise oh, Spotlight. Oh, I mean, well, there's so much. There's, there's a lot one. Of toys. There's one in particular. Okay. The teaser trailer for Terminator 2 was great. Is that the one that ends with this time? There are two. I think that was the first official trailer. The teaser trailer sure. was all footage that this wasn't time, in the movie. There are two. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if Cameron shot it. It was like one of those like made just to be a teaser teasers. And it was the Terminator factory line. Oh, you saw I saw the that. Oh, yeah, that was very cool. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes, 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 yes. And the teaser blew up. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of the few times it there's... Was, it went viral on YouTube no in 1991. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, merchandise made off of a teaser, something that does not appear in the film. There was a toy, my friend had it, this was years before I saw Terminator 2, called the BioFlesh Regenerator, and it was a replication <laughs> of this. You'd get a little plastic endoskeleton, and then there was, like, the factory line, and there was, like, plastic, like, pink, like, gummy goop, and you would pour I think I remember into, this. like, a mold. There we go. Oh, Okay, yeah. so it's, like, a mold. This. It almost looks like a Creepy Crawlers type thing. Oh, I remember this, too. I right. had a friend who had this. It's a weird thing. So, it's like <gasps> essentially, it's a Creepy Crawlers, but with the skeleton right. planted like inside of crawlers. it. Right. And then what you would do was there was a little plastic scalpel, and you can cut away and show the and damage. Like damage them. And it would smell terrible. Sure. It was cool God to look at. God knows what we were being exposed to right. as children. But it smelled terrible. It felt really gross in your hands. And then it was very hard to wash off. But I remember just being like, someday I'm going to watch this franchise. This toy inspired me to one day watch the Terminator movies. The BioFlesh Regenerator. I, you can find a lot of YouTube videos of people uh, using it. It's a creepy, weird toy. 
uh, especially okay. because it's not contained within the film at all. It's a, it's based off of a teaser. Also, very quickly, yeah. uh, the closing, the credit song, You Could Be Mine by Guns N' Roses. True. Also, at the height of their success. And they tease it a little bit at the beginning. Yeah, right. They do. Uh, Dirt Bike Johnny. It's weird. Uh, apparently, Arnold negotiated with them uh, to have the song be in the movie. Okay. And then also, there's a moment you might recall when uh, Arnie first uh, pulls out the gun from the flower box. Yeah. That's supposed to be a play on Guns oh, and Roses. It's a gun oh, in a box of roses. Oh, you're welcome. Then he okay. steps on the roses. Thank you. You're welcome. I'll say like it's Gun, when he steps on the Guns roses. and Roses and Public Enemy were like two of my favorite bands in like my angsty days. Still are. Yeah, still are. But certainly at that time, like this movie spoke to me so hard where I was like, you're repping my two main like bro bands? Oh boy. My have bro been, bands. Oh, have you been chat boy. with Chuck D anytime recently? No, Chuck D does follow me on Twitter because he said he liked very draft cool. day. Yeah. It's very cool. He I remember I remember he was that. Watching it was draft very day exciting. and cracking up. And you and you like, you know, you harangued him on Twitter until he followed you. Yes. Yeah. And then someone retweeted my haranguing and then he responded to the person who retweeted it and was like, Hey man, sorry. To my friend Sam Boyd. He was like, Great work in the movie. And then I was like, Hi, um, Chuck D, sorry to bother you. Appreciate you saying the kind things. That you meant to direct this towards me. <laughs> I'm not going to go to sleep until you write to me mm-hmm. that you like the movie. And he did. And he follows me on Twitter. Uh, Chuck, the future guest of this show. I'm, I'm all for it. This is Baron Terminator episode. And boy, did we have a great guest on this one. Hey, yes, we did. Guys, thanks so much for having me. This is my favorite movies. Always a pleasure to talk about oh, it. Come on. We went rogue on this episode. Rogal, right. that is. Uh, oh. I've been listening. And, I've been... and with that, it's all been dashed. Rogue Nation. <laughs> Uh, I've been binging your show. I think it's a great show, uh, and I'm honored to be a thank part of you. it. That's such a good show. Uh, it's always your, your guys' voices are in my head quite often. Mm, it's yeah. weird to think about that. His girlfriend won't stop complaining about it. Oh boy! <laughs> right uh, in the bedroom. Uh, <laughs> okay, so this is Terminator Two. Sam Gal, you're the best. People can catch you, Metal Boy. Uh, Wednesdays. At the I'm also uh, Fridays at the Magnet. Friday night show every Friday, eight thirty, including tonight. Oh my God! So if you go into the past and listen, well, we to are this, recording yeah, this right, on yeah, a Friday. This is gonna come yes. out like three or four. But you know, uh, but every Friday, it's Friday every sometime. Friday, every Wednesday, every Friday at the Magnet, you will see me. You can be seen every Friday, Friday every yeah. Wednesday. Um, uh, ben, thank you for producing the show. Uh, please remember to yeah, no uh, problem. Yeah, rate, review, subscribe. <laughs> I owe you one. Great. Yeah. Um, next week we will be talking about True Lies. Trulies. Trulies with Trulies. Uh, and this is exciting. With, yeah. With Jarrell Milligan, we mm-hmm. are completing our run of the Black Man Can't uh, Jump in Hollywood hosts. That's right. Uh, long promised, a Jarrell will be our guest, and mm-hmm. we are very, very excited for that. I yep. uh, hope you listen to that. Agreed. Hope you keep terminating. Please keep on terminating. Uh, maybe we'll do the careers of Jonathan Mostow one day and we'll do Terminator 3 yeah U571 baby <laughs> not a bad movie U Pod 7 cast <laughs> what I no I just want your laugh is very genuine right now and I want the microphones to pick it up U Pod 7 cast McConaughey's in that joint yeah he is alright thank you for listening yep and as always and as always all lies matter. <laughs> oh no! No, Griffin! You got me! <laughs> Play it twice, Ben. <laughs> Play it twice. Fine. Never out. What are you doing? Why the quote? I'm trying to find no, I know. What are you doing? Well, I don't want to ruin it. Well, why don't you tell that's me? That's part of the fun. Why don't you fucking tell me what you're doing? What? That's the opposite of what I want to do. I wish you could tell me. Right now. Hey, you know, I was thinking about uh, uh, how in the first movie, the mm. future they portray. It, it doesn't happen in the second one because they changed time. They did. Hells yeah. Uh, that makes more sense. That's cool. They, they do still portray a future. 
Yeah, but it's a different version of the future. Yeah, it's how they get away with it looking way cooler. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this quote is long enough that you couldn't remember. Yeah, what the it. hell, Griffin? I want to get don't it Don't right. do a super long thing. It's not going to be a super okay. long one. I did that last time. I don't. And, it, and it's never any good. It always kills. Yeah, oh, it's shorter than I thought it was. It's shorter than you thought it was. Yeah. I think hey, you know, Liquid Metal Man, that shit holds up. He, that looks great. Guys, let's start the podcast. the podcast. This has been a UCB Comedy production. Check out our other shows on the UCB Comedy Podcast Network. Thank <laughs> you.